is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. Now, there's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay. Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you guys know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. I am your host, Big Easy. The big man. Errol Marks, and on the board, as always, Petey, the reported man, Petey, and then, always, Tyler, front man, mothball, Harris. There it goes. Remember, you can listen to our show every single two, well, actually, Wednesdays and Thursdays. I almost said Tuesdays, because, you know, Taco Tuesdays, I had tacos tonight, so... No. I, I thought it was Taco Tuesdays, but it's Wednesday. You Wednesdays, and well, what are you talking about? Over you would there? be a day behind. I am a day behind. I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life. I know. You know, uh, I know. maybe it's the bald head that's just not shining at me. I, I don't know what it is, but may, mm. did you take a shower today? I did. So why isn't it shining at me? It's a little brown, man. That's what happens when hair is grown. Uh, well, you don't have grown hair. I, I could see your, you know, slowly but surely, your forehead is just shrinking. You know? You mean growing? No, shrinking. My forehead is growing if I'm losing hair. I, not, that doesn't mean that. Well, Speedy, what does it mean? Forehead growing or shrinking? You know? I, I don't know. We know you don't know. That's why I'm trying to well, That's why I'm trying to help you here. Anyways, <laughs> uh, as you guys know, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, again, you can call us at 631-672-3108. Go to our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Um, at 9.30, we'll be talking to NHL.com Deputy Managing Editor Adam Kimmelman. As I, we'll talk a little hockey with him, talk about how bad the Islanders are playing, and maybe just maybe you should be smiling how good your Rangers are playing right uh, now. There, there is a small defect to the Rangers right now, but that's why. Oh, there is no defect right there's now. They're playing defect. good hockey. And you but should they, not be they, complaining. Nah, there's, that's a Ranger fan, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's a valid complaint. Oh, God. They don't know how to close out games. Well, obviously they'll learn how to do that. It's still early in the season. I know. That's know. what I'm saying. It's a um, big complaint, though. At 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to Jets Insider Editor-in-Chief, oh. second beat writer, Chris Nibley, or Nimbly. Nimbly. Mr. Nimbly. Uh, <laughs> Jack B. Nimble. Well, Jack we B. Quick. know the Jets haven't Jack been nimble now. Jack, jump over your candlestick. <laughs> what? What so the Jets haven't been that? nimble, have they? You're an idiot. So now if you, know you randomly, all, so now if you just randomly say Jack, it'll be more all fitting. You do is you, what you want to do every time you come on this show is to bust my bubbles in one way or another. If it's not about going after the Jets, it's going after the Islanders. I, haven't, or I the don't Yankees. have to go after the Islanders. They just look, first of all. Uh, what? I, what are you going to say now? Fan. I can't wait. Yeah, we agree I'm, on the Yankees. I'm scared of you just by the way you speak, okay? <laughs> and I'm not talking about fear you. I'm scared of you of what's going to come out of your mouth and foolish Garbage comes out of your mouth. So let's let's hear it. Let's hear well, it. I said we agree on the Yankees. No, 
I, I, no, we We're don't. We're both Yankee fans. Yes, but we don't agree on the Yankees. Well, one of us wants to win, and one of us just wants to uh, Hold on I one second. I don't know, know about want. winning you know anything about. What do you you weren't even alive when the Yankees were winning. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. Yes, I mean, I the, I'm talking about winning championships. I'm, the Yankees have been a winning organization for the last 25 years. And I'm 30. Yeah, well, exactly. So you were five when the Yankees, when the Yankees were actually winning championships. Anyways, uh, anyways, I, I, I want to get off the topic. Anyways, Yeah, we'll get into, we have a lot to talk about. By the way, at 10 o'clock, uh, we'll have our special guest. We'll, we'll get into all the NFL Week 10 uh, crazy stuff happening in football. And by the way, Odo Beckham looked horrible. So I can't wait. I know it's one game, <laughs> but he didn't look good. That's all I'm going to say. He did the Browns. Two days. Uh, by the way, uh, Woods is out for the season, mm-hmm. which is a crazy story to come out. All of a sudden, Odell Beckham gets traded and Woods is hurt. Think so, about that, though. Mm-hmm. Imagine they didn't sign him and that happened. Maybe there's Jeez. something more to it that we didn't know. Anyways, um, it's it's crazy. But we'll, we'll get into all that. We'll get into the Knicks. Uh, obviously, the Brooklyn Nets getting really beat down by the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're also going to get into uh, this crazy story with the Islanders. Um, and I, we were talking about it. There's really no story right now. We're going to make it a story. That the <laughs> Islanders have not played a home game in the first 14 games in the season. And how does this affect the Islanders' season? I think it might affect them. Uh, very not for the good, not for the good for the Islander fan. That's for sure. So we'll get into that a little bit later. A lot more, but uh, before we get into sports and our guests, um, a complete tragedy happened in my family uh, this week on Sunday, and um, I lost uh, a nephew. You know, a, a, a beautiful three month and a half year old baby. Um, that came into this world very, very young and has left it even quicker. And um, it's been really, really hard. I, I, I want to I give a shout-out to all the people that reached out to me and, and, and my family and people that have been so sincere about everything that's gone on. And it's hard because, you know, when you, you, you try to entertain people and whatever you call this, I mean, we, we – we love sports. We love media. And we love to entertain people, either being funny or just being, you know, just one of the guys. And um, when something like this happens, um, it's a tragedy. And not only for my family, other people that know my family, uh, that respect my family. And uh, Messiah was uh, three and a half years, uh, three and a half, three and a half, three and a half months of the the younger and I, I, I just he never really got a chance to see life or enjoy life and uh um it's a complete tragedy. I, I don't want to get into the details of what happened. It's it's just unbelievably sad. And uh um when things like this happen you stick together with family, your friends stick together with you and uh even people that are complete strangers reached out to me that knows me on social media that just follows me for the sake of following me. Um, telling me how uh, how much they um, feel bad and 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 hope the best for my family. And uh, it Snug says, "R.I.P. Josiah. It's uh, Messiah." So, um, you know, we've lost a lot. You know, just to, when you lose a per- when you lose a person or uh, you know somebody young or anybody in your family, you know, it, it, it's it takes a lot out of you. And, and I. I didn't know what to say, and a lot of people thought I wasn't going to do the show this week. Uh, one of my friends who listens to the show uh, religiously 
on our stream tells me, you know, I, I understand if you're not going to do the show this this week. And I I decided to do the shows this week because it takes my mind off of the crazy stuff that's going on in my life or anybody's life. Uh, so many deaths in this world and, and a little boy who, you know, is so innocent and um, is gone. And uh, it's it's terrible. And, and I feel bad for my sister, her boyfriend, um, you know, my family and, and seeing them and, and how much they hurt and they're trying to keep their minds, you know, going because it's, it's just hard when you lose a child. I don't know. What, I don't even know what it's like to have a child. Then again, to lose one. So it's, uh, it's horrible. It, it really is horrible. That's, that's, that's tough, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. very sorry for yeah, your loss. It's just, um, and sending condolences to your old family. So. You know, it was very, very hard. The funeral was hard. It's just well, the funeral it, happened already. Yeah, but, you know, in my sister's faith, they um, they usually put them within twenty four to forty eight hours. So um, Ben also says his condolences as well. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Um, you know, you don't realize how important life is until it's gone. You know, and um, for something like this, and anybody that knows or has lost a loved one in the last couple of years with for COVID nineteen and and all the other stuff, cancer and heart attacks. And, you know, this this kid was a three-and-a-half-month-year-old healthy kid. And um, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible story. It's it's uh, It was so hard. Sunday when I when I got the call from my sister and I ran to Queens and uh, tried to be there for her. And it, it, it's just – it's horrible. It's horrible. And uh, I don't wish this upon anybody. I don't wish any – I, this is why life is so important, and, and I think people forget how important life is until it's gone. And um, for my sister who lost a son, four-month-year-old son, and my, my sister's boyfriend, Tone, and just everything, I, I, I just I, I wish them the best. I, I wish them – my niece, too, who took it hard. She lost a father a couple of years ago, and she lost my father as a grandfather in such a short time of her life. She's 18 years old, and now she lost a brother. So it's horrible. Uh, Messiah, may he rest in peace. So um, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, so thank you for all the people that reached out to me and 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 really gave me all all the good feelings that you know you know it shows me how much you guys care and 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 the love and compassion that you guys have. So thank you very much for being there for me and 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 for my family. Um. Uh, before we get uh, Adam Kimmelman on our show, which will probably be in the next 15 minutes, right? 9.30? Mm-hmm, 9.30. 9.30, we'll have Adam Kimmelman, uh, Kimmelman on the show. Uh, obviously, NHL.com, deputy, deputy and managing editor. So we'll have him on the show. So uh, that'll be interesting. We'll get into what's going on in the NHL, his thoughts to some of the arguments we have with what's going on early in the season. Tell, him, tell us a little bit of what he does for the NHL. So looking forward to getting him on. Um, I, I want to get into a little football, and uh, as uh, we will have the Jets, uh, and we'll have the Jets uh, insider, editor-in-chief, uh, beat writer coming on the show. So that'll be very interesting because uh, we'll get into Jets football with him because that'll, that'll be all Jets with him. So we'll get into what's going on in the NFL this week. And, uh, you know, with, with everything that's gone on, and in the last couple of weeks we've been seeing a lot of freakish things happen. We, we really have. Kansas City, who would have thought that Kansas City – would right now, I think, what are they, in fourth place right now in their division? Or are they no, they just moved into first. Oh, they're in first? They are now really? first, yeah. Really? Are they in first place yes, in the division? Yes, they are. Yeah, the Six Raiders and four. Lost. 
The Raiders are five and that four. Shows, that just shows you how bad that division is, right? Yeah, now. they really fell apart. The Chargers and Raiders are both five and four. I didn't even and look the Broncos at that. Broncos are five and five. The Chiefs are now six and four. Uh, that's crazy. And I, I, I can't believe a six and four team right now in that division is in first place. By the way, Los Angeles has not played well the last couple of weeks. All Which this one? Los Angeles Chargers. And I will, we'll get into the Rams, too, because we're talking about the AFC and we're talking about Kansas City, and that's what I really wanted to get into because they won a game that they needed to win this past week. I look at Kansas City. Do I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl this year? They can get to full strength. I, I just think there's a tier that they fall in. I think they're a tier two team. They're right. not a tier one team anymore. Uh, their defense is horrible. They're not going to be able – now, maybe this defense finds something or finds uh, – we've seen bad defensive teams go into the playoffs and actually play well, okay, or had a really bad season. I don't think this team's going to figure that out. I really don't. They got the right coordinator. Uh, who? Spagnola? Uh, Spagnola's uh, Mr. Blitzing, done this before. Blitzing Queen? I mean, seriously. He's I, if, done this if before. Da- yeah, Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen. Oh, God. We'll call, we'll call him Spagnola Queen, okay? Doug's favorite song. Uh, is it really his favorite song? No, he just kept mentioning it all of last year for whatever reason. I, I, I will say this. Kansas City is not the team to beat in that division, even though they're right now in first place. I think uh, if the Chargers can squeak in, and maybe Justin Herbert finds his way back to prominence, because I think – this year has been back and forth with Justin Herbert. You, you look at him, yeah. he looks unbelievable, looks wonderful. And then the next game you're saying, well, why did he throw that ball? I mean, right. why did he put right. it there? And, and I don't want to hear it's the Chargers emblem. They, they start off strong and they die off. That I don't believe that. I think the, the fact is, is right now, pains. This, is, this is a growing pains. First of all, you have a new coach, a rookie coach. I think he's going to be really, really good in this league. I think he's going to be a fantastic head coach. It's definitely better than Lynn. Um, well, <laughs> that's well obviously, <laughs> that's, not, that's not saying much. He also comes from, at last year, was the best defense in, in all of football. He was actually the defensive coordinator for it. So that benefits One him. One year, too. Yeah, that benefits them very, very, and benefits him very, very much. Uh, but I, I look at the, the way this team and, and, and this way this division is lined up, I don't know who the better team is in this division. And that makes the playoffs even more interesting on, on the AFC and how close these teams are together. Look, there's the, how many five and four teams or five and five teams right now? There's a lot. Right AFC now North, the there's AFC. so many of them too. The, yeah. five the Steelers four, five, three five, and five. one with the tie. Now the Bengals five and four. Cleveland's five, Cleveland's and five, five and five. five I mean, yeah. it's crazy. There's so many five and five, five and four teams. And that shows you that Indianapolis can make the playoffs this year. Crazy to mm-hmm. say that, but because how weak and with that extra game, how it could benefit some of these teams in their schedules. It's really ridiculous. Kind yeah. of the opposite of baseball where every team was like, had their big streak. Nobody's had a big streak. That's what, throws me off when you watch football because usually every single year uh, in the AFC, you know who's going to make the playoffs, you know who's going to be the dangerous team. And in the NFC, you know who's going to be the dangerous team, you know who's going to make make the playoffs. This year, there is no predominant... I know everybody's going to say, well, Tampa. Tampa, has, Tampa hasn't looked good for the last two weeks. No, they haven't. Okay, They'll get right Monday. That, that's They'll fine. get right that's on Monday. That's fine. It's still, yeah, they're playing the Giants. They'll play them close last year. The Giants played them very yeah, well last year and put did. a lot of pressure on them. They but uh, but I, I look at the, the NFC, too. There isn't a predominant team that really, really stands out to me and says, that team is the most dangerous team. I mean, look, the Cowboys are 7-2. They have the second-best record in all of football. Okay? They do. The Cowboys. Right, yeah, they yep. do. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> in Week 9. Look- they look bleh at times. That, too. That, their defense does. Every team's looked bleh at times. Well, no, I mean they look like they are not. Forget seven and two. They look like they're not even five hundred. I think a lot of teams week. have been like that. Well, 
Well, right. So now here's the, real quick. I think Kansas City is yeah. the team to beat in the AFC. Who? Kansas City. They no. will be the team to beat. No. The Bills will beat them, I think. But until somebody does it, they're the team to beat in the AFC. Remember this team if they play them. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys again. I think Baltimore will be the team yep. to knock them off. Mm. I really That's do. That's my pick right now. I don't know. I think, I, I'm not, I'm not trusting Lamar. I'm not Lamar Jackson. There's trouble in paradise. But I, I don't know about that. I, he, I think, he got sent home today. That's fine. They'll no, be fine. It's not. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, I Trust me. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to hear stories all year. He's hurt. He's fighting. No, the, well, he... Mm. Mm. We'll see. Mm, we'll find what, out. What, what, what do you think it is? I think him and Harbaugh are uh, starting to enter that coach-quarterback thing of, well, when are you going to start emerging as that guy? And I think Lamar's going to say, well, when are you going to realize that you need to stop having a playbook like this? Mm. It's like it says, the Raiders were frauds. Neither L.A. team has looked good the last three the weeks. The Raiders are not frauds. I mean, the Raiders have had a horrible season off, off the field. Lamar left the field because of illness. Mm. It said illness, right. illness, I mean, and it's right. nothing okay. of he's fighting with Jim Harbaugh. Right. Seven they're, hours ago, and listen, I listened to Speedy last week on how old Correa is at mm. 31, and I was completely, I didn't look at his age, and it's, I screwed up thinking that, that Correa was 31 years old, 30, 31 years old, when he was really 26, 27, and somebody wrote to me on one of the videos that Speedy put out, and I was like, why did I listen to him? I should have just looked it up. Because I trust Speedy that he knows the answer to it. It's just sometimes, you know, maybe he was thinking somebody else. I was. I was I, thinking I don't Altuve. Know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, I'm even surprised Snuck's... Altuve is that old. Yeah, he is. He, he is. He, uh, Snug says, no, the Chiefs' defense is a liability. You can win on so many shootouts. Yep. Jeff says, Patriots are quietly body-bagging everybody in the AFC. No, Snug says, true, ABBA true. is back together. The dancing queen lives forever. <laughs> Jeff says, Matt Judon ended Baker Mayfield. Snug says, Matt Judon for Defensive Player of the Year. And Jeff says, in this season it's has me been Me and great. Jeff were the ones that picked the Patriots to win. I knew the Patriots were going to win that game. Uh, Jeff says, this season has been great. We even had a Rex Ryan. Have a Rex Ryan, Robert no. Salafia. No, I picked the Browns. You picked the Browns too. Picked the Browns. No, you picked, yeah, you no, did. No, no, no. Tyler didn't pick the Browns. Only no, I, I looked that up. I'm Patriots pretty sure. I, no, no, I was Chubb. the only one who picked the Browns. I remember that. There's no Nick Chubb. There was no Odell. Oh. The Patriots are going to manhandle. Speaking of Jeff, we have him for the next, I guess, five, seven minutes. <laughs> All right, Jeff. This, what's going on, bud? This show is a fraud. What? You guys are talking Chargers, Ravens, yeah. Bills. Dude, Patriots hottest team. Uh, hold on, hold on one second. You didn't even let me get to that. You just had to cut me off. I wasn't even done yet. And you Frauds. and you just come right in and you take my I'm thunder. Thank you, Jeff, for ruining Frauds. my flow. Thank you very much. I was about Frauds. to talk. Listen, I was about to talk to the I talk about the Patriots, but you, well, you cut me get off. Into it. I'm gonna I'm get into it. Goodbye. Meetings. Goodbye. Can I'm I? You can call meetings. up later. I have a lot to talk to you about. You can call Frauds. in later. Goodbye. Frauds. Shut him off, please. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, now, I, I now until I was rudely interrupted because I was rudely interrupted. I wanted to get it into the AFC East, which. We talk, We were just talking about Baltimore, and we were talking about Cincinnati. How everybody thought they were going to be the best team. A lot of people, a lot of people, when they before they play the Jets, they were the best team in the AFC. Slowly, in the last three and a half weeks, and I say in a half because it was a half uh, where the Patriots figured things out and started playing well. In the last three and a half weeks, uh, the Patriots have been one of the best teams in all of the NFL. I mean. That front seven, and I, I've been talking about the front seven more than the secondary, and the secondary has played better in the last two weeks. But their, their front seven 
is causing a lot of havoc for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks cannot move inside and out of the pocket. When they step into the pocket, they're getting hit by Matthew Judon. I, I mean, uh, Matthew Judon is slowly but surely looking like the best player pickup in the offseason. They spent a lot of money. Patriots open up their pockets. But out of all the pocket money that they spent it on, they got some good players. Some players have been playing well, the money the money that they've invested into. But the guy that's really stood out is Matthew Judon. Who's I don't been, know who else you can argue, though. I mean, if you look at that, look at the offseason. Well, hold on one second. They... Um, they're, they're wide receiver. Who's that wide receiver that's catching the ball? Kedrick Bourne. Yeah, I think it was Bourne. Yeah. Bourne's well, played very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they signed Aguilar, too. But Aguilar's been okay, but Bourne has been the one that's standing out recently for them. And then Hunter Henry's actually been pretty durable this year, which is rare. Yeah, they, and they're getting... Well, they're getting split in time. Well, again, the Patriots, their defense has been rocking. And right. and that's what's really been controlling the line of scrimmage. Dugers emerged as a top end uh, defensive back. I mean, they're really, really good. And 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 right now, uh, yeah, they're right now. I guess, I wouldn't use body bagging, but they <laughs> they were they're killing they're killing practically the opposition that they've played against. So uh, we'll see. I mean, the Patriots' schedule gets a little bit harder in the second half. So this is where we're going to get to really know who the Patriots. They are. get a really late buy, a really late buy. I think it's like week. 14. Yeah, they have that That's this year huge. with the extra game. That's huge for them because Belichick in the second half of, well, I guess third fourth of the season is going to be able to get these guys healthy and ready to go. That's scary. The only problem is the Bills are going to get white hot. Doug says the Pats need at actually, least an hour of talk, and I would like to get Kenny's take. Hunter actually, Henry's been good on offense. Actually, here's this. Listen to this. I thought it was getting harder. I think it's. I think it gets easier. They still got Jackson. All right, so they got Atlanta next week. That's that's Thursday. a win. Yep, that's a win. I think unless Atlanta comes out strong and and the Patriots, the, the Raven, the Dolphins so. beat the Ravens, so anything's possible. Tennessee, Tennessee. There's no guarantees because they don't have Derrick Henry. Buffalo Bills, uh, they played well. They've played well against Buffalo. Indianapolis, they should beat. Then they play Buffalo again. The Jacksonville, Miami, Washington, Philadelphia, the Giants. That would be. That could be. That could be win, 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 win. And they can they end might, the season with 11 lose wins. They're going to those games just because of... Yeah, they're, they're one, gonna, but one. one. I predict the, the Pats win 11 games this year. Yeah, I that would be them losing one game, so he's agreeing with you in that case. They're going to win 11 games this year. And yes, then, they're Jacksonville make has played better. But they're going to get a good rookie of the year. What happened? Mac Jones will win rookie of the year. Uh, offensively, who's else? Who else? You go 11 no, and Jamar 7. Chase. Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Jamar you Chase. go 11 and 7 as a quarterback in the NFL, you're, you're going to win. It's playing, hard to argue Jamar Chase. But you're, you're also playing in a Jamar Patriot Chase, offense that, honestly, he's throwing 198 yards. Yes, he's throwing touchdowns. They're short passes. It, it's not weird. But it's it's methodical passes. Yeah, it's but, not like he's... Yeah, but uh, what's nobody's going to li- listen. He could have uh, 30 touchdowns. Check down. He could have 30 touchdowns. It's because of the Patriot offense and Bill Belichick's offense. The reason why they got, he's not throwing 300 yards every single game. He, he started, last week. It was 198 yards and three touchdowns. Right. Okay. He wasn't methodical. methodical. I, I mean, you tell the guy that throw a seven, eight yard pass to get somebody's going to be open and you have guys running the same routes. I mean, it does make it easier in a Bill Belichick offense. Okay. So, Listen, I'm not taking shot, shots away. He's not winning Offensive Player of the Year. They'll give it to Jamar Chase. They're going to give it to a high-flying guy that could have 10 touchdowns this year. That's what they're going to give Jamar Chase, if he doesn't get hurt, if is he, a lock. If he has 4,000 yards or 3,800 30, yards this year, 
that's different. He's not going to have anywhere close, close to that. No, he's not. No, he might be a finalist, but he's not going to. Unless Jamar Chase gets hurt, nobody's taking like, it from what? him. He's right got to be close to twenty five hundred yards as is. But again, you're, and the there's problem. Half the season left, so I would put him around four. <laughs> Jeff says it was one hundred ninety eight yards, but he didn't play in the fourth quarter and get the padded stats like Dak. <laughs> Snuck says he doesn't need to throw 300 yards. Right, They've been Brian running Warner the ball. And that's, what I, that, that's what I'm saying because that's why he's not going to win a rookie yeah, of the that, year. That was a blow. I don't think the Patriots I'm just tell, I, I'm telling you what I, what's going to happen. They're not going to give it to him. But, uh, Jamar Chase would have to get hurt for him not to get it. And even if he gets hurt, if Jamar Chase has like 10 touchdowns and he has over 1,000 yards and he missed like three or four seats. He's going to get 1,000 yards. He's going to probably get 1,000 yards this week. Yeah, that's why he's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And the Bengals have to make the playoffs. I want to see the Bengals make the playoffs. I, they have to make the playoffs. But the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. Yes. Right, but, but I, I, I don't know. to do with their defense yeah, just as much as their offense. I don't offense. know if you could that's hold that. They're running the ball. Very, yes, it is. I don't, know if, you could, ball very I don't know if you could hold the Bengals missing the playoffs by a little bit against Jamar Chase, though, for Rookie of the Year. You don't know he's going to be a little bit. All right, all right. I, I'm not going to go back and forth with this. We'll, we'll get into more football when we come back from our guests. We have two guests back-to-back, but we're going to get right into football Right after our, our first guest, because we're going to get the, the Jets Insider Editor. Uh, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to NHL.com Deputy Managing Editor Adam Kimmelman here on the Sports Lab Notes. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. Turn into a diamond. I turn into a diamond when they put me under pressure. When it's too much fun to win my blood, that means I'm stressing. But thank God. Now I see the signs, I could put them in perspective. I used to run a hundred deep, thought the love was deep. Realized it's just one of me, fuck it, I'm unique. But thank God. I see the signs, I could put them in perspective. I turn into a diamond when they put me under pressure. When it's too much fun to win my blood, that means I'm stressing. But thank God. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You can also download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I wanted to play uh, that track. It's called Diamond, and uh, it was from my actually my sister's boyfriend. He actually made that track. Um, it's called Diamond. It's a, it's a great track, and we're going to play more of that song throughout our show, throughout, throughout our commercials, but it's a great track, and I'll tell you how you can download it on, obviously, uh, iCloud and all the different uh, promotional ways to download music. So, uh, anyways, uh, we have our special guest. Uh, we've been waiting to get him on. Uh, actually, Speedy actually told me he got, him, he got him in the hook, so we're very excited about this. We are now talking to NHL.com Deputy Managing Editor Adam Kimmelman. What's going on, Adam? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, Listen, I got a little few years and, and a few less hairs than, than some of you guys do, so I feel all your pain. Thank you. Thank you. But you don't have to deal with him on a daily basis. I do. <laughs> so you don't feel my pain. Well, that's a good thing because if you, if you feel his pain, you'll be losing your hair by the day, not by the minutes. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. Anyways, 
Uh, Adam, tell uh, tell the fans a little bit about what you do for NHL.com and, and uh, really how you got into writing and all that other stuff that you do. Well, it, it's interesting. I've sort of, this is my 20th year covering the Philadelphia Flyers, both for the NHL and for the newspaper I worked at previously, the Trenton Times. But um, this is my, geez, I started when I got to college in 1993. So I'm that old. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it just writing about sports was something that, that really came easily and interesting, you know, easy to me because sports is something always I was, I was interested in hockey just became my thing just sort of through a happy accident where we had a minor league team in Trenton when I was working at the newspaper there, the Trenton Titans of the East coast hockey league. And the writer there left to do uh, take a job at ESPN. And I, Offered to do that job, and that's the one I thought I would do. Minor league hockey, I was fine with it. And the sports that are said, ah, we're, we're going to give that to somebody else, but would you like to do the Flyers? <laughs> and I said, well, if you're going to force me to go to the NHL, I guess I will go directly to the NHL. And that was uh, 2002. So I have been doing hockey pretty much nonstop since then. Oh, that, that's a great story. And you, you really, everything fall, you had to fall in the right position for you to get where you are today and and to me when, when you talk about stories and really how people move on in their careers you, you always have something crazy that you can add to the story and you're like wow that's some part of story i mean i could tell you a story too that's this is how i got in you know what i mean into the business so it, it's it's a very unique story so adam uh now let's get into some NHL conversation because obviously you're right for the Philadelphia Flyers. So why don't we go into the Philadelphia Flyers right now that are playing, I would say they're playing decent hockey. I mean, uh, last year, uh, their goaltending, a lot of people thought Hart was going to be one of the best goalies in the NHL. And then just really right in front of our eyes just fell apart. He really turned out to, uh, at one point they sent him down to the AHL, I think, and they Mm -hmm. brought him back up. So uh, you're talking about a guy that was a star goaltender the last second half of the season the year before, and then all of a sudden fell off as a goalie. So what are your thoughts right now of Corey, I mean, uh, Hart, and and what this defense has done in the offseason? Well, I, I think with Carter, he's. A, I know some people sort of lost a little faith in him when he struggled. Carter's a guy I've seen going back to even before the Flyers drafted him when he was playing for Everett in the Western League and, and in the World Juniors. And I remember, you know, he gives a, he's a starting goalie for Canada in the World Juniors. In Toronto, I believe it was. There could not have been a more high-pressure situation to put a 17-year-old goalie in than that situation. And he loses the game in the shootout. U.S. wins the gold medal. And I asked him how long that stayed with him. And he said, about a day or two. And I really didn't believe him until the more I got to know Carter, the more I said, oh, he's not just saying that. He was really – he turned the page that quick because – as athletic and as skilled as he is, he is one of the more mentally tough players I've ever been around. Nothing really phases him. Good games or bad games. He, you know, and that's kind of the art to being a goalie is maintaining that even keel. And he's really, really good at a very young age doing that. And look, last season was bad for a lot of reasons on a lot of levels. And Carter was one of the reasons the Flyers were not good last year. But I really always believe that with a normal offseason of work, you know, having a long summer to get his game where it needed to be, I really didn't doubt. I really didn't expect anything other than the way Carter is playing now. You know, I'm not surprised. I knew he would be really good. I believe he will be a very, very good goalie, probably top 10 goalie in the league at some point during his NHL career. 
So they had a busy offseason, the Flyers, one of the busiest in the NHL. They get Cam Atkinson in a trade for, for Jakub Voracek. They got two defensive pieces in Ryan Ellis and a guy Tyler and I both wanted in Rasmus Ristolainen. And we wanted for the Rangers. He goes to the Flyers from, from Buffalo. So what are your impressions of the way those guys have played so far? Well, I'd like to see all of those guys sort of in the lineup at the same time. We've only gotten three games of Ryan L, so we're probably not going to see him for at least another two or three weeks as he gets past whatever nagging lower body injury he's had really since training camp that he's tried to play through, but you know, probably will be best served by taking some real significant time off, letting whatever the issue is heal. You know, I've asked Elaine Vigneault on on Tuesday if if surgery is an option for whatever the injury is, and they don't believe so. They believe it's just rehab and rest and, and he'll get back to being the guy that he is. But look, I think Ristolainen, I've been a big Ristolainen fan for a long time. I think he's a guy that at 19, 20, 21 minutes a night, he's a really good player. I think what happened in Buffalo is he got exposed by playing too many minutes in too difficult a situation. And at 25, 26 minutes a night against the best players in the league, you see the cracks in the foundation. The Flyers are good enough now with Provorov and, and Justin Braun now on that top pair to kind of allow him to play on that second pair with Sanheim and really, you know, focus in on what he can do really well. That's be physical, kill penalties, be a big, nasty body. And you saw it if you watched the game last night against Calgary. That's what they needed, and he was involved. Anytime there was a scrum in front of the net, he was shifting bodies around to places that allowed Carter Hart to, to be successful, and he is – He's a loud player. He's a loud player because you can hear him banging bodies when he's on the ice. Like Speed said, I'm very upset that he went to the Flyers. Uh, speaking of Flyers, it kind of starts with Claude Giroux. Um, he's going into a contract here in the offseason, and the Flyers are on this brink of going very young. They have a bunch of young talent coming up. It, what are the chances Claude Giroux ends his career in orange and black? You know, I, I kind of have been back and forth on this where I, I don't know. I really, you know, it, it's, I found it odd when he came out during training camp and said, we're going to table this discussion until the end of the season. You know, he's your captain. He's going to be your second leading scorer before the end of the season in franchise history. He's going to pass Bill Barber. I believe he's within 25 or 30 points of passing Billy Barber for number two. So he's going to be your second leading scorer of all time. He's played more games as a captain than anybody else in franchise history. The only thing they haven't done is win a cup with him. So, you know, he's accomplished just about everything you can possibly accomplish with the Flyers if he chose to leave. I, I definitely think he wants to continue playing. I don't think he's had enough. Whether that state remains in Philadelphia, it's really going to be an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's really a 50-50 toss-up if he stays or if he if he moves on after the season. We are talking to NHL.com Deputy, Deputy Managing Editor Adam Kimmelman. Um, now, Adam, we, we look at the Metropolitan Division, and in the beginning of the season, Carolina really took off, and, and really nobody's really caught him. And, and they're playing very good hockey. They're getting good goaltending. Uh, Everybody was questioning the goaltending change in the offseason, trading him all the way to Detroit. It made absolutely no sense. But Carolina's getting good goaltending. Their defense is playing well. They're fighting and playing on all, all running on all cylinders. They've been great. But the two teams that really have stood out to me so far in the Metropolitan Division in this short season, because it's only there's only 15, 16 games, so anything could happen, are the Rangers and the New Jersey Devils, two teams that have played very, very well. 
Very surprised. And, I, and my team, the Islanders, that have not played well, they haven't had a home game. We'll get into them in just a, a little while. What are your thoughts to what the Rangers are doing with, uh, with Gallant uh, running the helms behind the, uh, behind the, uh, the, uh, behind the nets? And, and, and obviously um, what, what the New York Rangers are doing defensively as a team this year. Well, I, I'm a big Shishjorkin fan. I had when I you know went down to make my season predictions. I had the Rangers as a playoff team, so the fact that they're having success and they are where they are in the standings, I'm not necessarily surprised. I think they got a great coach. I really think Galan is a very very good coach. Um, you look at what he's done. Look at his track record in Florida, in Vegas. I really didn't think he'd have any issues finding success in New York. I was curious how all the new pieces would gel with with Gaudreau and Reeves, and and um, could Adam Fox have another season? like he had last season where he was Norris, you know, uh, the Norris trophy winner, but he's been as good, if not better, you know, you see what Zibanejad has done and, and Panarin really hasn't played Panarin style yet. And they are still where they are in the standing. So yeah, I think the Rangers are really set up for, for some significant success. And if they can get him going, if they can get Lafreniere going, I know Kako scored a goal the other night. He's a guy that, that they certainly could use, get going and, and give them some more depth scoring, but the Rangers being where they are, not really a surprise to me. And, and with New Jersey, you know, losing Jack Hughes is a huge hit for them. You know, he, he was just kind of blossoming into the player that everyone assumed he's going to end up being when they drafted him number one back in, uh, I think it was 2017, 2018, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, once he gets healthy and he's able to get his legs going back under again, I love what they did with bringing in Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves, who I think is a really good player, really good you know, defensive complement to what they have with Dougie Hamilton there. And you look at their group of six defensemen. You know, P.K. Subban isn't the P.K. Subban he was a couple of years ago, but you use him in a third pair in a power play role, he could still be a very useful player for them. So, you know, I, I think what they're building in New Jersey is really good, and you've seen what they've got out of Dawson Mercer. Alexander Holtz is still, you know, yet to kind of, establish himself as an NHL player, but I think he's going to be really good. I think if I'm a hockey fan in the New York metropolitan area between the devils and the, and the Rangers, and I think the Islanders are going to get better at some point. I don't think they are, you know, the team that they've shown to be so far, but you know, I'd be really happy with, with all three of those teams going the right direction. So this season has been a tale of two different players for the Rangers with the top two picks. Uh, we've seen Alexei Lafreniere really take a big step like he did in the second half of last season. And Capo Caco, he finally is on a nice little goal streak, but still has had his issues this year. So what do you think the ultimate ceiling will end up being for both these players, both new, both statistically speaking and also maybe even the roles on the team? Could you see Lafreniere be a center eventually? Could you see Caco get into the top six if he, get, if he stays hot? And if Caco doesn't, could is this a make-or-break year for him? Well, I, I think with Lafreniere, I think what's always stood out to me, and, and this goes back to watching him in his draft year at World Juniors, he thinks the game so well. He 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 doesn't he doesn't have the, the dominant physical skills. He is a, he's a big strong guy, and he's getting bigger and he's getting stronger. But he doesn't have the dominant physical skills. What he has is is an innate sense that you can't coach, you can't teach. They just has to be in the right place at the right time. And look, he's still not even twenty year. Maybe he's just twenty. So there's a lot of growth room for him. And I think you could say the same for Kako. I think he's had a little bit of a of a tougher sled just because. You know where he's coming from, playing in Finland for for so many years. He's still got to get used to the North American ice, and we got to remember these guys have really, in Kako's case, he's played what one eighty-two game season. Lafreniere still hasn't played one yet, so you want to kind of get these guys into a quote 
normal situation. And, and we're still not there yet. We're close. But at least give these guys one full 82-game season before we decide what kind of players they are. But I think both those guys, the, the ceiling the ceiling for Lafreniere, I think, could be a little bit higher. I think he could be a top-line winger. Kako, listen, if he's a second-line forward for you and a guy who can chip in on the power play, I think you're really happy with that. Now, obviously, we're going to stick in the Eastern Conference here. So the Florida Panthers, when the season started, they were the best team in hockey. I don't think anyone on the planet was going to touch them the way they were going. Obviously, the Kyle Beach story came out. They lost Quillville as their coach. And they've slowly started to show a lot of cracks in the armor since then. Are they going to go back to being a dominant team? Or do you think that the coaching staff had a lot to do with it? They're a dominant team still. They are still a dominant team, but they don't look nearly as good as they did two weeks ago. They're eleven and two. I I think more so. I think more so for the Panthers. It's how long is Alexander Barkov going to be out? You know, he got banged up the other night. I think it was a a lower body or a knee injury. They think it's just going to be a couple of weeks. No surgery needed, and and maybe he's not out too too long. But there's not an element of the game that that guy doesn't do incredibly well in all three zones, offensively, defensively, face-offs. He's the first guy over the bench on the power play. He's the first guy over the bench on the penalty kill. Up a goal, down a goal, down a goal, first minute, last minute of a game. You take that guy out of your lineup, you're going to most likely struggle in some form or fashion. So how do they rally with him out? That, to me, is more so uh, – the coaching change did have an effect, absolutely, because you can see Joel Quenville's imprint on that team getting them to where they needed to be. I think Andrew Brunette is certainly capable of continuing that growth, continuing what they had there under Quenville. But to me, it's what happens now with Barkov out. That division is is very competitive. You know, Toronto looks like they're getting hot. Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. Boston probably has a run in them. They've won two in a row. You know, how can they, can they hold off the teams that are going to start nipping at their heels now as they smell a little blood in the water with Barkov out. <laughs> I'm watching, uh, by the way, I'm watching this Nick game, and Cole Anthony said something to R.J. Barrett. You saw that he didn't like what he said. He smiled at him, said something you could see, read his lips, and then he walked up and gave him a pound, but not a really happy pound of what he said. I, I don't want to say it on live air, but it, it didn't look really Duke, good. Duke, North Carolina rivalry. It didn't look really good. Even, even though they didn't play against each other. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are talking to NHL.com Deputy Managing Editor Adam Kimmelman. Now, Adam, a couple more questions for me and us, and, uh, you know, it's your First of all, I would like to get into a lot of questions with you, but we, we just are short for time. Uh, we were just talking about the Islanders, okay? And it bothers me, and I, we will get into the Islanders that have really bothered me so far this year, and uh, Boston, another team that I thought is still believe. I know it's early in the season. I think both teams are going to be fairly competitive teams all the way to the end. The Islanders, what really bothers me is how could the Islanders agree? I understand their stadium's not opening up, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show because I think the Islanders really put them in a situation where they're going to start they're going to start the season really chasing these teams. And you don't want to chase in the NHL because when you fall behind like 10, 12, 13 points, it, it, the Islanders have done it before, but it, it's a significant like haul to catch those teams. Um, this team hasn't had a home game. Also, really, for the first three, three and a half weeks of the season, they're not going to be playing a home game until next week, which will be four weeks into the season where they didn't have a chance to play a home game. 
Do you think this has affected the Islanders' game and the play of this team because they had to travel so much so early in the season? I mean, look, you start 13 games on the road. You're in and out of hotels, airports. You you don't get a chance to – I know they got a couple of days in between where they got to go home in the middle of it, but those are two really, really long, hard road trips. And when they get in, you know, it's a strange building. Mm-hmm. It's going to be almost like another road trip That's what when, I they, said. when yep. they open up UBS Arena because they haven't really skated there yet. They haven't played there yet. So there's still going to be some some time to get used to the new building. I think it's going to be great. I've seen pictures of it. Um, it looks fantastic. I can't wait to get out there and 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 catch a game there. But I, I just, you know, the I, and you're right. It is, it is going to be difficult for them to make up that ground, right? You know, I, I think it could be worse. You know, 13 game road trips. They still came out with 12 points. Not ideal. Less than 500. However, Mm -hmm. I think there are some good things. I think getting home, getting a few days off here, getting ready for Saturday night and all the getting Saturday night and and the opening behind them. Right. Just so they can move in and be like a normal season. I think it's going to be good for them. And look, I will never doubt a Barry Trotz coach team (laughs) run by Lou Lamorello. Are they more built for the playoffs than for an 82-game regular season? Yes. For sure. Can Am I going to say, well, they're done, they're not going to get in? I won't say that. No. no. There's too much hockey to be played. Too many smart people there. Too many good players. Look, losing Ryan Pollock doesn't hurt. Uh, doesn't help them. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to, you know, figure out some ways to get some some better play out of some defensemen there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time for Sebastian Ajo to step up. Maybe it's time for Noah Dobson to – show why he was the 12th player picked in the draft. He already has a little bit. Maybe it's time for him to get a bigger bite with uh, with Pollock out. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think there's a lot more to come from the Islanders. So, another uh, speaking of new ice, uh, Jack Eichel getting traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. He's not going to be playing for a while following the, the, the next surgery that he's going to be having. So, do you think this is the best that Buffalo could have gotten for them at that point? Or do you think they sell short on Eichel? And what do you think, does this make Vegas the favorite in the whole NHL? Well, just to, to answer the last your last question first, I think that was the one thing they're lacking. When Vegas is fully healthy, that's the one thing they didn't have. They didn't have that legit number one centerman. And I know William Carlson scored 40 goals a few years ago in, in, in their first year, and that was great. But, you know, he's not a number one centerman. Jack Eichel is, when healthy, a top 10, top 15 player in the league and an absolute franchise number one center. And when he gets healthy, the thought of, of – Stone, Eichel, Pacioretty is Vegas's top line. Must make every Golden Knights fan in the world just drooling with anticipation. It's going to be another few months before we get there, but they got to get some other guys healthy too. They got to get Stone back in the lineup. They got to get Pacioretty back in the lineup. They got to get Carlson back in the lineup. And I think there might be one or two other guys I'm missing because they are pretty beat up right now. And they're just sort of treading water in the in, in that Pacific division, trying not to let too many teams get away from them. But I think once Eichel gets in and gets his legs under him, I think that they have a chance to be an incredibly dynamic team. And was that trade the best Buffalo could get for them? I mean, look, Alex Tuck is a guy with 20 to 30 goal potential. Peyton Krebs, you know, already showed in in the flashes of being a top-end player when he was in Vegas between, you know, going up and down between the, the NHL and the Western Hockey League. He's going to eventually get a full-time spot on a prominent spot in Buffalo when they feel like he's ready. He's gone down to the American League and he's played very well there. And you got a couple of draft picks. So you got some got some help for the present. You got some help for the future. And more than anything else, no one in Buffalo is asking about what's going to happen to Jack Eichel anymore. 
you removed that question from the equation. And and I hate to call it addition by subtraction, but just from that point of view, just from those guys not having to hear on a daily basis what's going to happen when Jack gets healthy, I think it's going to help that Buffalo team immensely. So we'll talk about, since we're talking about Buffalo rebuilding, basically with the trade of Jack Eichel, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been kind of teetering on this rebuild. What do they do? Crosby's time as a prominent player is at its end or beginning to be at its end, depending on how long he wants to play. Is Pittsburgh going to blow this thing up this offseason or during the season? Well, I don't see them blowing anything up at, at, at really? any point. I think, I don't think so. you know, the impetus has always been, at least from everything I've heard on the outside, is to, you know, sign Malkin, sign Crosby, sign Latang, keep that group together. They're still, look, you know, Crosby's had about the worst luck you can possibly have. He has the wrist surgery, thinking he'll finally solve this problem that he had thinking he'd missed three or four games at the beginning of the season. It became eight games, plays one, then he gets COVID. Then he's had another 10 days. So, you know, he, he just must be chomping at the bit just to get back on the ice. Malkin, you know, is starting to skate, starting to ramp up a little bit. It's going to be another probably three weeks before we see him back in the lineup. And Latang, when healthy, I still think is a top 10 defenseman in the league. So everything sort of goes off those guys. And yes, I understand they're 30 plus and, and, it's a league where everybody's getting younger and faster, and those guys are getting older and probably a little bit slower. But again, much like we talked about with the Islanders, I'm never going to doubt a Sidney Crosby team. I've seen Sid play in a lot of different situations over a lot of years. I still think he can be a top-line guy, top player in the league, and I think he is still more than capable of dragging that Pittsburgh Penguins team into the playoff contention. I don't know if they're a Stanley Cup team, but can they get in? Absolutely. Adam, I, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media, and we'd love to get you on again to talk hockey, especially I didn't realize how much you know about the full NHL. I know you're a writer mainly for Philadelphia, but you have so much that you could give to our, you know, our fans, our hockey fans, some of the information that they probably are now going to definitely follow you, obviously, because you're, you're very, uh, very good and, and really gives us in-depth analysis of what's going on in the NHL. So thank you. Tell the fans how they can find you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at NHL Adam K. And I also have a podcast where we cover myself and Mike Morial, my colleague at NHL.com. We cover the draft, uh, NHL draft class. That's available. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. But um, yeah, and all my stories pop up on NHL.com. And I'm, I'm pretty good with answering questions. Anybody asks me on Twitter, it's an, at NHL Adam K. So yeah, anybody who wants to send me a question or, or look me up on there, that's the best place to find me. Adam, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. I'll have Speedy reach out to you again uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, uh, and we'll set you up uh, another show because we'd love to talk more hockey with you. Sounds good, guys. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. We were just talking to NHL.com Deputy Managing Editor Adam Kimmelman. Really, really nice guy. So much take. I, I, I knew he's a Philadelphia guy. I read a little bit about him, but uh, his – his thought of what's going on in the league and some of the positions uh, that some of these teams are, he, he said it straight out. I'm very surprised, but he, he he's right. A Barry Trotz run team, 
uh, you can't count out the Islanders. I, I don't expect the Islanders. I, as soon as they start playing home games, I think they'll pick it. I, I think it's I don't just think anyone th- count out the Islanders. I think I did because I'm thinking about it because they do have the home games, but it still worries me that they're they're still playing an away game at home because they still don't know the ice over there. It just got built. They haven't even stepped on the ice, and they're gonna be they're gonna be walking on the ice like every other team. So it's gonna take a little while for that to be home field or home ice advantage and see how loud it's going to be with the fans there. I I heard it's going to be very echoey, but we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have another special guest, and this is is going to be fun for me, okay? Because I am a Jet fan. I think you you might ask all the questions. It might be a lot with me, okay? so It it should be, rightfully so. um, We are going to be talking to Jets Insider Editor-in-Chief, second beat writer, Chris Nimbly, joining us here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. You know, we were just at break. Speedy's rushing, and I'm talking about something for next week, and he puts on the beat. And now all of a sudden he's taking charge. We figured that one out. Maybe he grew a set of balls or something. Anyways, oh. we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Loud Mounds. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My two co-hosts on the board, Speedy No Balls, Petey, and Tyler Mothball Harrison. That's what you said. Yes. I don't have balls. I have nothing. Yeah, I don't know what he has now. He's, he's growing something, but maybe he's lost. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I, I've been... When Speedy told me before the show that we were going to get this guy on, I for a second I just like I had a panic attack, and then I realized, oh... Why not? Let's talk Jets football because I got a lot to say about the Jets and I'm not lost in what I have to say. So uh, as you guys know, we are talking to Jets insider editor in chief, second beat writer, Chris Nimbly. What's going on, Chris? Not much. How's it going, guys? Uh, How's it going? Hmm. Well, I I mean, it's going Interesting, and I'm sure all the fans are going to love this interview because they can't stand the Jets. And uh, but I am a Jet fan. Everybody that knows me here, no. I am a Jet fan. I, I I'm a realist. I'm a realist Jet fan. So I don't hold back on what I think the Jets are or what they look like. So before we get into the New York Jets, tell us a little bit about you. How'd you get this job? And uh, I guess you're a full time worker as a beat writer now. Yeah, well, I've actually been uh, covering this team for over a decade now. I started uh, Rex's second year, so the the second year of the AF, back-to-back AFC Championship run, just my first year there. Uh, I got the job interning out of college, um, and my boss just hired me full-time. I now actually own, own the, the website now. I've t- fully taken it over, but I've been covering the Jets for over a decade. Like I said, I had that first year of the AFC championship run, like, Hey, this is kind of cool. And it's been all downhill since then. Um, it's <laughs> downhill. This is understand. You're yeah. And you're a Jets fan. So, you know, this, that it's been tricky the last couple of years covering this team because it's not just that they've been bad for a decade plus, but they've been bad in pretty much the exact same way. <laughs> um, this year they're throwing a little wrinkle because they've always been the one thing they've always been really good at is defending the run, mm-hmm. and now they're worse than the league in the run. So it's it's a new twist, 
But it's still, you know, the la- it gets repetitive talking about the Jets over these last few years. It's 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 a new twist, but a bad twist, okay? Bad, yes. it, it's twisting the wrong way. And so, so let's get into the twist of this uh, Jet team. A um, couple of weeks ago, a guy steps onto a field, and we're not talking about uh, Zach Wilson. He gets hurt, so they put this guy in, Mike White, before the season started, everybody was like, who's the backup quarterback? They should have brought a veteran in to help this kid. They bring in Mike White. And they're like, who the hell is White? Get him off the team. This guy shouldn't have even made the roster. He throws 400 and some odd yards in his first game, threw 37 for 45, threw three touchdowns, one interception, and he's the next thing since Joe Montana, or whoever you want to call him. I don't even know. You name the quarterback. That's who they were comparing him to. So now all of a sudden, this week, Cubs, he has a bad game, and who's starting the game this week? Joe Flacco, old man Joe. So please... Explain to me what is going on with this team and why all of a sudden they decided, you know what, Mike Mike wasn't the second thing. He might not even be on the team next week. We're going to put Flacco in. So please explain to me what the hell is going on here. All right. So I'll start here at, at training camp. The, they're, they're not going with any type of Joe Flacco, any type of veteran backup, because they wanted to just give Zach Wilson all the reps. Mm. If they if they wanted him to start the season and prepared, and if you're going to go that route, it is smart to give him all the first team reps. If Joe Flacco there, somebody else is there, they're going to have to get some of those reps. With Mike White and they had James Morgan at the time, nobody was clamoring for those guys to get first team reps. None of us in the media was clamoring. The fans weren't clamoring. We were all like, okay, they're going Zach Wilson. They're doing that. Now – Obviously, Zach Wilson gets hurt, and they're in a little bit, bit of a pinch because they haven't even uh, – they've been playing roster tricks. A little bit of a pinch? Is that what we well, call it now? A little pinch? Okay. They, right. Well, that that was the danger in the plan. Loving it. That, that was the problem with their plan. It's one thing because I agree with the concept of wanting to give Wilson as many reps as possible, of course. But and especially in today's NFL, like – not many quarterbacks make it through a season without getting banged up. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily need a quarterback that can win as much a backup that's going to win you a bunch of games because that's really hard to find in the NFL. But you need to find a quarterback that can at least run the offense and you can evaluate the rest of the players. That has to be a baseline. And this is also – I Mike White has been with the team for two years – and I have seen absolutely nothing that will give me any indication that he can r- even run uh, an offense efficiently. L- like that game against the Bengals, I think everyone's forgetting that they're still the Bengals. Um, I mean, they went and like, yes, the defense is playing better. I- I'm not believing them. All those plays, yeah, it was a statistical highlight. He went since Vinny Testaverde, no one's thrown for that many yards. He did it by throwing the ball three yards in the air, little <laughs> dump offs running. And then once, uh, you know, the Bills said, hey, we're going to force you, we're going to take that away and force you to throw the ball downfield. And he threw four interceptions, and it could have been eight interceptions. It really could have been eight interceptions. So as soon as a team takes away those dump-offs and those underneath, Mike White has nothing for you. Uh, 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 Hold on. Hold hold on. 
Go ahead. Hold on. Did you do you do you remember what Troy Aikman said with Joe Buck before the game? How he made Mike White seem like he was the second coming to Jesus Christ. I mean, seriously. I listened to. Oh my God, he's a, he, he's played so well. If he plays into the game, there's no there's no telling you what this game could be. How how big the scoreboard would be. He could put up a thirty tonight. I listened to Troy Aikman. I I thought he was talking about Patrick Mahomes or or Tom Brady or somebody like that. He's talking about Mike White. I was like, what the hell? Come on, is Mike going White on used here? to play for the Cowboys. Of course, he has. What's to like him. going on <laughs> yeah. here? Actually, obligated. It was a he was once on the Cowboys. I also, I, I mean, you just described the the reason why I watch most NFL games on mute. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't need. I really don't need to be hearing uh, stuff that's out there because, uh, like, I'm not one that likes to uh, sit here and just be like, watch the tape, watch the tape. I, I know fans <laughs> have busy lives. It's hard to sit down and watch the tape. But if you like, I coming out of nowhere, like no one's like, who's Mike White? Oh my god, he's throwing for four hundred yards. I get getting caught up in the hype and being like, wait, this kid might be really good. But when you actually watch and it's just dump offs to Michael Carter all day, it, it gets a lot less impressive. And again, I've watched him two years in training camp. I've seen nothing, nothing to give me any, any indication. What are these fans seeing? I mean, I'm just like, I'm a little lost. I mean. Anybody that You're watches, normally a little lost. I'm I'm normally a little lost, but I'm even more lost when I was listening to the fans and some of the stuff that was going on out here in New York. On, on oh my god, there were people putting Mike White tattoos on their body. No. Like I'm, I, I, you want me to show you some of no, the pictures? No, I don't want to. No, I don't. I, I've I don't. seen a guy put it on his forearm. <laughs> I saw somebody put it on his leg. Jet symbol with the number. What was it? Five? I think he wears. Yeah, yeah. five yeah. white like, on the uh, bottom. Sanchez fever all over. I mean, this. Sanchez took the Jets to two AFC title games. Yeah. At least he did something. To get another man on another man's tattoo. Uh, I, I, I mean, now, now it's Sanchez. Who the hell is Mike Ryan White? who got the tattoo? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I, I couldn't stop. I I have to start laughing. So, uh, what are your? I'm going to let them ask the questions after this. But what are your thoughts so far uh, with Zach Wilson? I mean, uh, he will be back probably. I wouldn't say next week. I think it's. If the Jets were smart, I wouldn't bring him back until week 14, week 15. Let him play three games, two games. Don't put him in harm's way because this this season's a loss. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a loss after they lost Carl Lawson, okay? Once yeah. Carl Lawson was out and I was listening to – reading all the stories. Oh, he looks like a beast on the field. Oh, he's going to be unstoppable in this defense. As soon as they lost him and then we heard the Vinnie Curry situation, he's out. He has this sickness that nobody – uh, would have thought he played healthy his whole career, and all of a sudden he has a he's a he's a blood sickness that he can't even play football again. I mean, figure that one out. Shout out to Vinnie Curry and him, and you know, and his family, by the way. But I mean, the Jets have had no luck, and I some people call it Jet syndrome because once you become a Jet, you have the syndrome and you just fall apart. And, and this fifty-year-old whoa, I, I want to see this team win. Who is Zach Wilson? Do you believe honestly that this is the guy? of the future. Finally, did the Jets get it right? All right. So I, he wasn't uh, at the top of my list as with this draft and quarterbacks, but watching in training camp and it was up and down training camp. Uh, he had his struggles at times, but he looked good at times normal for a rookie quarterback to do. 
but he did a couple of things that I really liked. I, I really liked the way he moved around in the pocket. He had a good feel in camp, even though they don't, you know, they're not really hitting. He still had a good feel, moved around. I liked the way he threw with placement. Like he would, you know, throw low in uh, outside if he needed to. There was lots of little things that I was really impressed with as a rookie. I'm like, you seem to be a little ahead of the curve on mm-hmm. this. Now, so I, as training camp was going on, I was becoming more sold on him. The season, obviously, it, it hasn't been great. And the thing, the only thing that's really been a, kind of alarming to me is his inability on these short throws. Mm-hmm. That's what um, I say all the time, yeah. Yeah, because I, rookie, getting confused by a Bill Belichick defense. Okay, I think we can all understand that. I think we can all understand watching a rookie force something downfield and it not going right. That That's understandable. Oh, you can understand throwing a pass to Corey Davis and bouncing off his hands and going for an interception. No problem. Jets luck. <laughs> yeah, little little screens and dump-offs. The, the Mike White passes that I was just talking about, when you can't complete those, yeah. that that's alarming. Now, it, it's just the yips, you know, is he is something he's going to – got to get him over yes he obviously has to get over it because that can't it, you can't continue that especially in an offense like this that's going to rely on that um i i don't think that's going to continue to be a problem so i do still think there's a chance here yeah. uh this has obviously been a really bad first year i think his arm talent is incredible fantastic yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's that's he he is gonna have to figure out a balance of being you know trying to go for the big play and uh, taking what's there, but not you still need to be aggressive. You don't want to completely coach that out of him, so he has to find a balance there. Best arm talent in this draft. I I I, I really did believe it when I saw it, and I got to, to to see him throughout the combine and just watching what he could do inside and out and make his throws. Like like we all know what the other quarterbacks have, but there's just something about his like the the velocity of his throws coming out of his hands, kind of like Josh Allen esque. The velocity, it's like uh, I heard uh, – what, what's his name again? Sanders was on the field at practice, and uh, somebody, uh, somebody told me the story that he threw the ball, and it whooshed. Uh, one of the guests came, uh, whooshed right past Sanders' head. He said – he's like he looked at him like he was like Superman. He never realized how hard a ball can come outside the back of the field. So At least he didn't pull off a Christian uh, Hackenberg and hit a reporter. So <laughs> he was uh, – <laughs> that's true too. Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> Another winner for the Jets, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but uh, I, I, I think that this kid has something special. I just, I hope this is the right coaching staff that's going to develop that special ability that he might have. So, oh, okay, Chris, you're going to say something. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah. Obviously, you know, there was a lot of questions about Lafleur at the beginning. Uh, you've seen the the Mike White game, the Josh Johnson game, that this offense can work when it's executed properly. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, there also at the beginning of the season, he was down on the sidelines, which they had they kind of made an audible there because they had uh, Greg Knapp as the passing game coordinator who mm. unfortunately died, died in a tragic yes. bike accident right before training camp. 
So they wanted, they ended up keeping LaFleur on the sidelines because that's what Zach Wilson was more comfortable with. Now they've hired John Beck to come in as the quarterback coach. So he can be there and LaFleur can be upstairs. And I think that makes a difference because to me, my opinion, offense, uh, any coordinator, you have to call the game from upstairs. You have to be able to see the whole field and watch plays develop as they, you know, go. Mm-hmm. By the way, before I get to my question, big fan of the other uh, gorilla headphones painting in the background. Oh, thank you, very, thank you. Very unique. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you want to dance? He wanted to say that to him. What? Why does he go before me? <laughs> <laughs> Compliment his beard while you're at it. So my question is completely gone. Okay. (laughs) Fine. You can compliment his beard. All right. So get your own material. (laughs) They think of the same way. (laughs) So, so in terms of the actual management of this Zach Wilson situation right now, obviously we we announced that they announced that Flacco is starting this week. Now, how would you approach in terms of the? the balance between development. You want to see him play to develop, to read defenses, to learn the offense and just the balance of having him not re injure those, the, the, the PCL and the shoulder injury that he got hit up high by Lawrence guy uh, in the Patriots game. How do you balance that out? Do you, do you play him out the rest of the season when he is healthy? Do you play him maybe only a certain amount of games? Do you, do you hold off on him? Maybe only play him in one game or something like that. What do you think is the best approach for the jets to take when he does get healthy? Yeah, I think obviously number one, you start with, just wait until he gets 100% healthy. This this is a lost season. It's a jet, another jet season. There's no need to bring him back or you know try to compete uh, for anything like that. So he has to be 100% healthy. If he's 100% healthy at, at this point, let him play. I, I want to see him play, get the live reps, and learn from it. Uh, you know, obviously you're gonna have a similar situation. Mackay Becton coming back from his uh, fractured kneecap. It's probably best to sit him. But uh, when he gets back, it's going to be a couple games left in the season. But there's enough uh, in the season left for Zach Wilson to learn on the job with, like, actual experience, learning on the go, trying to figure these defenses out. Give him a leg up to be ready heading into next season. And a lot of this season was really going to be, and it was always going to be this, the season's about taking their lumps. You're going to have some good moments and not, but on defense, it, it was designed to take their lumps this year and hopefully get better going forward. You want to compliment his beard now, or do you want to No, I'll, I'll let you do that. Oh. <laughs> Hell of a beard, man. Hell of a Thank beard. You. Very, Thank very you. Very, happy very that much. somebody can grow hair on this network. Very, very good. <laughs> so, obviously, we're all talking about Zach Wilson. The best way to help compliment a young quarterback is to get him weapons on the outside. They try to address that with Corey Davis. Whether you think he's a one or a two, it's a start. Very rarely does a wide receiver of Odell Beckham Jr.'s caliber become free in the middle of the season it will on a be this coming team. season off season he'll be a free agent so there you go calm down calm <laughs> over there calm down over there do you were the jets interested at all do you want them to go get odell beckham jr where where do you think odell, obviously we know odell's past in new york do you see odell coming back in that hideous green and white jersey or what 
<laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, it would. It would be quite funny and to see it play out. Also, just to see the Giants fans' reaction to that. Uh, either way, especially. But it would. It would for Jets fans to get him to come and then be good to watch Giants fans freak out. That would be an interesting sight to see. But the Jets had no interest in him. Especially, you know, it doesn't make sense for them at this point. They're not trying to. They're not going to sign him to a long-term deal, um, and obviously they're not competing this year. He he wouldn't have wanted to come here either. He had better options, clearly. So he's choosing between the Rams and Packers. Like he's he's got better chance options there. Uh, long term, you know, they're definitely going to look to add more talent there. They drafted Elijah Moore. He's really coming along these last couple games. He's looking really good. But they're going to add more firepower for sure. I just – I think that Joe Douglas is – if somebody has a reputation, I'm not I'm not somebody who's, you know, oh, Odell's the problem with the world and like ever, like a lot of other NFL media. So unfairly scrutinized. I don't get why. I, I don't get – oh, you brought up Troy Aikman before. Troy Aikman said that the Rams lost because of Odell. I He's a moron. Apple he, doesn't fall far from the tree, they say, right? Yeah, he just got there. So I, I, I think Two days he of practice. 15 snaps. Um, but Joe Douglas isn't really looking for anybody that is even perceived to be any type of locker room problem. That's something that he's generally tried to stay away from. <laughs> See? So – by the way, we are talking to Jets Insider Editor-in-Chief, second beat writer, Chris Nimbly. Uh, so, Chris, um, this Denzel Mims thing has been uh, the most annoying conversation I can have with any Jet fan. I don't understand why they treat this kid the way he d- they do. I understand that supposedly he was sick all summer long with uh, losing weight and had the uh, – what did he have uh, – Yeah, some kind of food poisoning, whatever the hell they were saying. He lost 20 pounds, and then he had to learn the offense, and it's taking him a long time to understand the offense. When a guy can run, well, first of all, the guy six foot three can run a 40 in 4-3, okay? A big man that can run a 4-3 can jump really, really high, probably the highest vertical leap than any player on the team, and has good hands. Why the hell... Is this guy not on the field? And Corey Davis is. I'm sorry. He's a more athletic, better Corey Davis. The fact that this guy is not getting any looks, not getting any thrones. Every time he's on the field and there's a play to be made, he makes it. So why isn't he playing? All right. There's a couple of things here. Number one, Corey Davis is a big reason why Mm -hmm. he's not playing. Mm -hmm. Because the role they are envisioning Denzel Mims to have in this offense kind of belongs to Corey Davis first. And... That they gave him the contract and he's the veteran there. But I, I completely agree with you because I've been arguing this all in training camp. I'm sitting there, I don't care if, how limited he knows the offense. You can find 15 plays in that playbook where he can run that route. You can find a group, you don't have to design a whole package for him. You can pick out plays that's in the playbook and say he can run this, 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 and that. And whenever that play calls, you can send him in there. And he's too talented to not do that. But so there's part it's partially the Corey Davis thing, but it's also ma- mainly he has been struggling, was struggling on, on the playbook to it's such a timing-based offense. 
but also that they're kind of using um, him to make an example out of. They've been using him. They've picked the coaching staffs. New coaching staffs tend to do this. They pick somebody that they want to make an example out of, and you better be on your P's and Q's and do everything right, exactly how I tell you and you're, to earn your playing time. I don't care that you were a second-round draft pick. They pick somebody like that to do that, and it's dumb. He's it's, a kid. He's yeah. a kid. I don't understand this. And now, how about how about the trade deadline? How many teams were reaching out to the Jets? I heard there were like seven teams that were interested in Denzel Mims. And then all of a sudden, Joe Douglas says, well, he's not available. So all of a sudden, he's not available when they had him on the trademark. And now all of a sudden, the seven teams, oh, we, we want him. We're not trading him. It doesn't make sense. None of it does. So that's the other part of it. Because if if you feel that way about him, if you want to, if you don't like him, you don't think he can help this offense, then trade him because he would have had trade value. But the longer you hold on to him and do nothing with him, he loses trade value. So, like by week three, it's like trade him or play him or treat him, trade him. And they kept him, and he got a little bit of playing time when Corey Davis was hurt. Uh, they didn't throw him the ball at all. At yeah, all. He's too talented to not be getting uh, chances. They also, and Corey Davis has dropped, has had so many drop issues, the fumble. He's got to get chances. They also said that uh, when he did, they did throw him the ball with the Bengals, he dropped the ball out. Let me explain something to you guys. When you're playing in a full-contact sport and you don't see the ball all season long, and then you're playing significant time, and you know the ball's coming to you. You're going to make mistakes. The pressure is on. He needs to see repetitive balls thrown to him where he knows where the balls are going to be, the contact of the sport. He, how is he supposed to learn that in one game? So, And then he still made some unbelievable catches in the game. I just think that he could be a better player if they used him more. I, I, I'm thrown off with that. That's the thing. That really throws me off, especially with this team. But the running game uh, has, and I'm sure Speed is going to get into that quickly of the running game. I actually was wanted to get more into Mims because I because oh. I think it's an interesting conundrum because the Jets could have traded him. Like Errol was saying, there were teams offering second round picks to get him. I think one team offering a late first mm. and. Being that he has that kind of value, and, and you're right to an extent, I think I was a little worried about him being a scheme fit initially too, because the 49ers offense with Kyle Shanahan never really had the big body type receivers. So, do you think? Do you think is that the approach you would do if you're if you're the Jets right now? Do you think the Jets have to explore trading him if they don't play him a lot? Because he did do well in a small sample size in the 2020 season. He was among the top among rookies in his sample in his in certain possession metrics and analytics. He, he was up there with Justin Jefferson and I. Duke and uh, CD Lamb and guys like that. Do you think? Do you think they have to trade him in the off season, or do you think they'll they'll eventually t- force Mike Lafleur to play him? I don't. I don't think they have to, but I think they probably should, just because I don't trust that they're going to say, "Let's figure out how to get this guy involved." I just don't trust that they're going to do it. Uh, I think they should at least what they should do. Trade line deadlines uh, has passed. No. They should use the rest of this season to see what they have in him and see if they can make it work in this offense. And if they can't, then then yes, before training camp starts, trade him. Uh, before, trade him before the draft. Yeah, before the draft. Yeah, before the draft. Before free agency. Before yeah. anything, trade him as soon as you possibly can. 
if if you if you know that you're not gonna he he's not a fit in this offense, then yeah, and that's what why it should have been done if they know that already. I I think I it's it's hard for me to conceive that he can't fit somehow in this offense. So I'd I'd be trying to make it work, but I I don't think they're gonna put forth the dedication that I would. So yeah, I I think the end result is gonna be trade him. Uh, this is terrible. I, I, my friend doesn't want to hear you say that. He's a big Denzel Mims fan, and I, I love him. I am too. I, I think he's super talented. Yeah, so. I, I think, And you've seen him on the field quite a few times live, and I haven't really gotten a chance fully to see him live, but I, I know there's a lot of people that tell me uh, how fast he is, how, how long and how strong he is, and how he, he could be the guy. He could be the guy that the Jets, you know, that that that's prototypical wide receiver that's going to get you 10 touchdowns and over 1,200 yards every single season. I want to see that from him, but uh, if they keep pushing him away to Corey Davis, okay, Corey's good, but he's not, he's not, he's not good enough to be a number one. And I, I will say this. I, when I listened to him saying that he got number uh, number one type of money, he got forty million dollars. Okay, thirty eight, thirty eight and a half. That's not a lot of money for a number one wide receiver. Okay, the number one wide receivers start off making eighteen, nineteen million. Okay, he's not making that. So for him to come out and say, "Well, I'm a number one," that's great. That's great confidence, Corey. You're not. You're a number two. Let's let let's stop dreaming the dream or whatever the hell you're drinking or whatever you're smoking. Please give well, me some of the, the puff. Okay, I I don't I I don't know why he keeps calling himself a number. Dude, you you're not a number one. We've seen it enough. I mean, even against the Tennessee Titans, when you made the most catches, they were fantastic. But that was really Zach Wilson placing the ball in your hands. I wasn't you, you know. So uh, I, I I I like Corey Davis. I think there's a lot of Tennessee Titan fans that are now Jet fans telling me that you, you wait and see, wait and see. I've seen enough of Corey Davis. I know what he is. He's a he's a Decker type of player. He's a good player. He's not the uh, the guy that's going to be a Brandon Marshall type of player that can change a game by himself. He's not that guy. Yeah, I agree. I'm just uh, just a little thrown off with the with with what the Jets are and who who they are as a as a team. I feel bad for the man. He has to cover the Jets all year long. That's gotta be no, it's not, it's that's not. a grueling job. Oh, stop! That's terrible. It, that it can be. Unconstitutional it, it honestly torture. can be. That's unconstitutional torture. Mm. <laughs> How about being a Jet fan as long as I have? That's torture. Well, that, that you signed up for that. I don't. Yeah. That just makes you crazy. Well, no, because <laughs> I've seen a lot of. Bad football. So right, and you things that you that's you don't ever leave your team. Hold no, on, nobody Do you leaves understand your team. The definition you don't of insanity's doing the same thing. You and don't leave a your result? team. That's you know that right. You're, you're called a front runner. Okay, I'm not a front runner. Well, stop telling me to be a front runner. Then I'm not. No, we're not. A, we're not Evan Perlbutter. You can go <laughs> be a different fan somewhere else. Sell your fanhood like the others. I'm, I'm not. We're not, not Evan Perlbutter. Okay? <laughs> I'm not going to sell my fanhood for three thousand dollars on eBay. Saying three thousand dollars for something. That does not exist is a hell of a bargain. Give me a break. I wouldn't waste my time. Anyways, go ahead, Tyler. Well, thank you. Uh, Christopher, if that is your real name. Obviously, we're talking about the, the New York uh, Jets, we'll call them. And their best player, I think, is Marcus May at this point. Mm. Obviously, he's had an unfortunate end to his season, even though you know the Jets aren't going to need him. he's the best player on the team? What? How it's arguable, figure? him, C.J. Mosley, or... It's, it's not arguable. I, I would say C.J. Mosley's the best player on the team. It, it's a fact. 
And then I, and I then like at Mosley. some points you would think it's Quentin Quentin um, Williams. I, I he, he will be, I think, at the end of next year. Not right now. I just I don't know what's going on with him. He disappears in games. I'm no, lost with that too. Right. I don't understand that. I mean, why isn't his brother not playing too? I mean, he looked awesome, and he's not on the field. That's another stupid move by the Jets. Why would you bring him in? He's playing unbelievable football, and then all of a sudden, you know what? We got a guy coming back. Because you're the back. Jets. Jared Davis is coming back. We're just going to put him on the bench and play Jared David. Yeah, real smart. Why? Because you paid him? Give me a break. A break. I mean, break. A break. Well, a break. I even mean. I gave hey, you a, the Buccaneers my trade. I'm, I'm losing. Well, that's true, too. Anyways, <laughs> give me a break. That's a good one. Anyways, go ahead, Tyler. I'm sorry. You sure? I'm sorry, yes. I, I know you get very emotional I when am. the Jets I'm get I'm a little emotional on this, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where was I? May? May. Mm-hmm. All right. Marcus May, I think, is their best player defensively, at least. Well, probably for the whole team. That's not saying much. He's obviously got this big contract dispute with the Jets. Do you have any updates on where they are? Are they close? Are they far apart? He's staying. He's going. They they are not close. They have not been close for a while. Um, going into the season, I thought that actually it just made the most sense for the Jets weren't trying to pay him a ton of money guaranteed going forward. He's going to be 30 soon. Uh, it's just bad timing really for him because he came into this league as, as an older player already. So by the time he's up with the franchise tag, he's going to be hitting 30. Uh, so for him, I thought the best thing for him is just ride out the franchise tag and then go get a, you know, sign a two or three year deal with whoever pays you the most money, some playoff team. But he's had the not only the injury, but he had the DUI that he lied about and didn't tell anybody about. So that I don't know how to, you know, quantify what that's going to do, especially at the NFL. There's a lot of teams who aren't going to even care. So I don't even know that that's going to factor in at all. The injury is going to obviously be more of a concern. The biggest problem for him is the point of the year where he got hurt and the Achilles injury. This injury is lasting into next season. He's not going to be ready for training camp. So that's going to already put a a dent in the contract. He's most likely looking at another uh, like one uh, a one year contract type of prove it deal to try to go and get, you know, a 2 or 3 million dollar deal the uh, year deal the next uh cycle around. I think he's going to get 40 million. I, I if the Jets were being nice to him because he's been a good Jet and a good leader for the Jets. And Achilles injuries, too. is He's not going to be the same player either. Is yeah. He's not. He, it's so, especially at 30. See, a guy like Carl Lawson, he's more like – he's that guy's workout plan is ridiculous. He's like a Peterson type of he's workout not. plan. He'll be 27 next year. I, I believe him to come back strong and, and uh, beastly next year. I think the Jets are yeah. going to get themselves the player that they thought he was going to be. And they got him on the cheap, too, by the way. So. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, Marcus May is not making any money. Uh, he's not. You guys miss Jamal Adams yet? No, we don't. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, that guy. Thank God. Yeah. How how good is the defense over there in Seattle, by the way? Not the secondary. Fault. Also seventh overall draft pick next year mm. coming up. Yes. By the way, that also helps the Jets, too. <laughs> they got two top ten picks that could really set and solidify that team for a very long time. <laughs> I told you what I think Seattle's doing. Seattle's going to hit a rebuild button. Uh, well. Yeah, they, they pretty much have to at this point, especially if Russ is going to leave, which it's, it feels like he's 
going to force his way out after this uh, year. Now, where does he want to go, Chris? I, I, that list he gave was crazy. Yeah, to me. he's not. He's, he's going to go where they think he's. They're going to get the most back for him. They're not going to send him to a place. He he's talking about the Giants. I, I wherever the Giants, he goes is a playoff. The team. Giants is, is yeah. an interesting place that I I just don't think the Giants are going to give him. Uh, give Seattle their future for him. I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. That's not the way the Giants work. That's not the way the organization works. It might say Dave Gettleman's job. Gettleman's gone, no matter what. It depends when this trade happens. (laughs) He's gone no matter what. Trust me. I mean, I'm not going to be upset if he gets fired. They're not going to let him make that trade and then get rid of him. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think it might save his job. Gettleman is gone. And I believe Joe Judge, Joe, Joe Judge, unfortunately, because he's in the middle of this, he will be gone with Mr. Gettleman. No, it's not stupid. I think that's the way it goes. And that's the way an organization works. And I think Mara uh, is not going to make a move where they're going to have to trade away their future for one guy. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to help them win a championship any quicker. Trust me. And let's be back with the Patriots or one of the Patriot protégés. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I mean... Uh, just Tennessee, before we Miami, let you go, before we let you go, we really appreciate you joining us at, the, at this time too. By the way, we want you to we want you to come on again. I would love to get you on with it. We're, we're trying to set up like Knicks and Nets guys against each other because uh, putting okay. them on and put a Jets and a Giants guy, okay. and, and you know, and try to get the baby like the baby brother in the. The, the 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 lead team, so we could go back and forth with trivia questions and go back and forth and and see what team, what guy knows more about their team. <laughs> I'll ask the one we had right before Christmas, uh, Joe something. I'll ask him. Yeah, why don't you ask Joe? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll ask him. He was. I remember good. Joe. He yeah, was good. Uh-huh. He was very good. The Giants mm-hmm. beat. Yeah, right? yeah, that would be great. Uh, oh, last man. question. I really was looking at Robert Sala to really change this organization. I, I really did. Uh, I, I still do in some kind of way. What alarms me right now about Robert Sala is he's not fully taking the blame of this team. I don't really think he's put the blame on his on, on the team's unsuccessful defense so far. I'm talking a historic defense. This was one of the best defenses in the league, top 10 defenses in the league. Uh, and then all of a sudden, after the Bengals game, I don't know what happened. I mean, this defense went kaput. They're putting up 45s. I, I mean, th- this is the second worst defensive four games we've ever seen in NFL history. It, it, to me, the Jets are breaking more bad records. I don't want to hear bad records come from my team. So, Robert Sala has not really come out. Rex Ryan has come out and said what <laughs> he feels about the team. I think it's very funny what he said. Um, but that's sexy Rexy. We know what Rex does when he's here. He likes to make a splash. Why not in the media make even more of a splash? And then Robert Sala comes out and says, I don't even know this guy. If he wants to meet me, we'll come and talk and we'll, you know, we'll talk in person, man to man. Like kind of like in his own little way threatening him. You know, like, why don't you come down and, and come and talk to me the right manly way? But I, I think it's very, very funny. It's great media here. It's definitely something that people are talking about. What is this? I mean, is is Robert Sala, is he the guy? Do you think he's the guy? Because I want to believe he is, but we thought Rexy was the guy, and five years later, he wasn't the guy. 
Yeah, the the whole Rex Sala thing is it's classic Rex. I was definitely surprised at Sala saying, you know, come find me. I I, I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, I thought he would have just kind of brushed it aside, but <laughs> come find me. I would suggest Rex not come find him because Rex is losing that fight. Um, the it it is ironic because. The thing Rex got offended because he was like, don't compare this guy to me. And it was like a couple people in the media drew a comparison because you both get excited about stuff on the sidelines yeah. and your defensive coaches. That's it. There's no other comparison there. These are completely different situations that he walked into and Rex walked into. Um, but so I think Salah was a little put off by that. But one way that they are similar and this is the biggest reason why I do still believe in Salah is people are like, follow that man. These players love him and they want to follow him. And the, they just talked the the free agents that they signed, the way they talked about him when they signed him, like Carl Austin was just like, I sat down with this man and I wanted to play for him. So I, I do now that's, that's not enough alone obviously we've seen that that doesn't that didn't work out for rex in the end there's lots of coaches that it, it, belichick's hated by people and it you know it worked for him so uh there's different ways to go about it but also his defense in san francisco when he took over struggled at first this defense was always going to struggle too they started this the season with the plan to start multiple undrafted rookies mm. They went in, there was all, all training camp were asking, what about a veteran corner? What about a veteran corner? And they're saying, no, we want to, uh, we can go get a veteran corner to try to tread water, or we can take our lumps with young guys that we want to develop and think can be something down the road. And that's the path that they chose. And then on top of that, injuries are a part of the NFL. We know that. But their entire starting safety unit is, is out. LaMarcus Jordan didn't even get to play a snap. They they played a couple games without an entire their entire starting uh, linebacker core. So the, and also the defensive line, as good as it is, there is a flaw in this scheme. There's a flaw in every scheme. This scheme, they asked the interior uh, defensive lineman to just attack, just penetrate and attack, which can lead to open running lanes if your linebackers don't know what they're doing yeah. and can't cover that up. Yeah. And you have a bunch of, aside from CJ Mosley, a bunch of young and experienced and not that great linebackers there. So that's kind of, it's been like a perfect storm that's just led to this. So I do still have faith in him. Although the Denzel Mims thing, there are a couple things that are popping up that I'm like, I don't I don't know. That's a little bit of cause and concern, but overall I'm I'm a believer and I think year two will look much, much better. I could only hope as a Jet fan because yes. it can't look any worse. And I think uh as far as the corner's concerned, it looks like uh the Jets are falling in position where a lot of people believe they're gonna draft the LSU corner. Uh, there's a lot of draft boards that are saying that the Jets, if he does fall to the Jets, that's who they're going to gun for. Even though they're young corner, they have a good a bunch of young corners, but you get a guy that's a revolutionized type of corner that can do that. We all know Darrell Revis, so we know what he did with the organization and with that team when you had a guy that could shut down one side of the field, so who knows? Uh, I don't know if that's where they go. Maybe they go offensive line, but we really appreciate you joining us, uh, Chris. Uh, it's been... Uh, 
Uh, really, by the way, you're great, and uh, yeah. we might take this interview and put it on our FM radio show because I, you know, you're a Jets guy. And um, by the way, you're just a good personality, and uh, you got some set of hair uh, as far as the beard <laughs> is concerned. So, Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, and um, at C Nimbly and at Jets Insider. And you can check out uh, my website and the work at JetsInsider.com. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Chris. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Speedy will reach out to you. We're definitely going to get you on again. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Wow. Great interview. Gave us some good information. A lot with the Jets uh, and, and all the Jets because I had to talk to him about the Jets. Who couldn't talk about the Jets with a Jets beat writer? I am, I'm just probably selfish. a normal person. I am selfish. Okay, no, it's okay. That's that's you've that's, had a rough week. You deserve. I, it. I've had a rough week, and why not talk about the Jets to make it even more rougher? No, but you enjoy this. Well, I do. But by the way, I haven't watched the Jets play a full game in the last two weeks because of my crazy. Uh, you know, weekend. So Good. I think it's probably best that I get. It is definitely best that you haven't watched the Yeah, but I did watch clips of the games. No, and no, no. Watched I all the games, you know, all the big plays, which I wasn't understand. many. So well, wasn't They many. gave up a bunch of big plays. Well, I'm sure they did. And I'm sure you were putting smiles on your face when they did. I was at work. Yeah, well, then you were smiling after when you heard they did. Okay. Anyways, uh, why don't we go to a quick break? When we come back, uh, we got a lot of sports to talk about. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, we still haven't gotten into the uh, whole Mets hire uh, as they uh, hire a new GM, Billy Epler, who obviously was part of the Yankees organization for 10 years. And then the two years of interesting moves over there with uh, the Angels. I mean, he did sign Otani. He was a big part of the Otani signing, which he was right about that. But some other things that made him lose his job definitely scares me if a Met fan uh, doesn't – if it doesn't scare a Met fan. Uh, also, the Yankees interested in Matt Olson and Corey oh, Seager and the Hot Stove Report as well. And NFL Week 10 here on the Sports Lab Nuts. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. As a volunteer, you deliver a hot, nutritious meal and a friendly hello to someone just like your mother, grandfather, or next-door neighbor. These seniors are inspiring people with incredible stories to share, and they love to see you. The smiles you get back are priceless. Delivering with Meals on Wheels is easy, and you don't have to drive like me for it to be quick. You can volunteer your lunch break once a week or just once a month. With one in six seniors facing hunger and many more living in isolation, your lunch break can make a real difference. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at, look at Tyler. Shake his head. We got a little movement with Tyler. Hey, Tyler, maybe you could do an exercise on his show. Ha, ha, ha. 
Caleb Mullins. <laughs> Why don't you do some dances? I want to see you dance a little bit. No, I'm come not. on. There's shake no your, alcohol here. Shake your booty, man. <laughs> shake your little booty. Come on. I I would gladly do it if there was alcohol. Uh, I need to be good. Wait a second. Wait a second. So if I got you a nice Drunk. cup of alcohol, Drunk? you'll 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 start dancing. Drunk? Nah, not drunk. You just sip a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll dance a little bit. Yeah. All right. All right. So tomorrow I might do that for you. Oh, please. <laughs> please. 631-672-3108 is the number. I might actually be able to get through the show without a headache. That you, can, you can go to the website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, go to our app on iOS, WWSR Radio, Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So you're telling me if I got a cup of liquor on this show, you're gonna, I put the music on, you're going to dance. I'm not going to get out and oh, dance Oh, you got to dance. You got to dance. It's got to be fair. You, you get a cup of whatever I bring you. It could be Jack Daniels with a Coca-Cola. Mm. It could be something. I'm going to hook you up. But you got to get down and dirty on the show. People got to watch you dance and move. The tiles, uh, we'll call it the Tyler Shuffle, okay? No, we're not going to call it the Tyler Shuffle. Why <laughs> not? Because I'm not Speedy's that old. Speedy's got his shuffle. He'll do it. I'll have Speedy do his first, and we'll see who did. We'll have people vote who's the better dancer. I'm serious. I'll do it if you do it. Oh. oh you want me to do it? Uh, anytime. You want me to do it, I'll do it I'm tomorrow. I'm still going to need my alcohol. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but... It's yeah. like says, get Tyler drunk, bring in Speedy's dog, and let the magic happen. Hey, 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 I know where that dog's mouth's been. I don't want that dog near me. By the way, keep your hands on the table. I don't want you licking no fingers. That would involve my tongue, get but okay. <laughs> That's great. That is one of the best things Thug has ever said. <laughs> He also says, I'd love to do lunch if Speedy cooked and hosted the event. <laughs> getting drafted by the Jets is like getting the bankrupt court. <laughs> Snugs, I thought you liked me, Snugs. And I like to smile. Smiling is my favorite. That's a good one. And bring I back like Adam Gase. I like that one. That was really funny. Snugs, you answer me. <laughs> oh, get Tyler drunk, bring Speedy's dog, and let the magic happen. <laughs> is, your, is your dog sterilized? Sterilized. Like, is he a clean dog? Oh, that's great. For the most part. What do you mean, <laughs> for sure. the most part? Well, his tongue went up your ass, so you tell me. <laughs> yeah, in 2015. I'm sure there's different germs since then. Oh. <laughs> so, it's, it's a mixed bag. Who knows? Uh, you should know it's your dog. I'm not there all the like, time. He lives in Connecticut. Does his tongue turn green? No. No, it does not. If it does, I'll let you know. Well, what was terrible. his initial reaction after he licked your ass? Just so I can understand how. I it don't goes. know. He blindsided me. <laughs> when you went, oh shit, and turned around, what was the dog doing? I just need to know because if he comes here for me, did, I did don't want to be shocked. Did he clean whatever he put his tongue in? Did he clean it? Did you clean know? it? Yeah, because the dog's tongue is. I don't know. Help I didn't go understand. into that much detail. Help me understand. Why not? It's your dog. Why? Because yeah. I, I was. I was Blindsided. What, blindsided that your dog was licking your ass? Yes. I mean, obviously, you can't be blindsided with something like, uh, you know, yeah, has like a I little sterile-like feeling in his, in his ass. I mean, seriously, Did if you, you have a wet favor? tongue in your ass, you should, you should jump. Did you do the okay, right thing? Okay, it was a little bit of a jump. Do you want, do you want, do How I did I you hop? Can we, can we see the hop? Can we? I don't remember. <laughs> he doesn't remember the did hop. Did you return the favor? No. <laughs> 
You should have been a nice dog owner and returned the favor. I'll return the favor. He licked your ass because it needed yeah, to be clean. The difference so is I don't know how, how sensitive he'll be. <laughs> and then Snug says, uh, in Speedy's dog, a dancing dog. And then he says, in that moment. I've tried Snug. Who smiled more, Speedy or the dog? Oh, probably <laughs> him. Probably, probably him. him. Probably him. Why? Why would? Did you train your dog to do that? <laughs> no. Again, I was blindsided. Did you train the dog? <laughs> Who's the dog around most? <laughs> Not him um, anymore. He was. <laughs> probably when, probably at bed. that time, it was either me or my youngest brother, Aiden, <laughs> at that time. In terms Does of who he, he was around the most, I have no idea. So, you should ask. So These wait a second. Wait a second. So, so if we reached out to Aiden right now and call him on a show, can we ask him if he actually had his dog, uh, your dog, lick his ass? Can we do that? I, I will ask him privately. Great. I'm not putting that well, on the show. Put him on the show. I I'm think not he'd doing it on the he show. He could be a star. I think he'd have a lot of fun doing it, actually. I think he has the personality to laugh at it and think it was very funny. I think his personality is he'll probably laugh. Why, why, why wouldn't you bring your brother on the show? We, we should get him on the show. I, I'm, I not, ask, I'm not blindsiding him no, by right. asking him that well, question. We'll do an interview and then we'll slide, you know, we'll, oh, we'll, have, we'll slide it in. What do you think about that? Not happening. Why not? I think it'll be really, really funny. We'll slide it in like your dog slid his tongue oh, here. And you went there. Yeah, but but it, it would be very interesting to see if his, you know, the, the same problem maybe that you have with your dog. Problem. Maybe, maybe your dog's a whore. Maybe he is. Maybe he likes licking ass. You know? Maybe he needs to be put down. We don't know. We <laughs> no, he doesn't. Questions. Don't go that far. <laughs> you think he'd lick his, his mom's ass? He's maybe, eight maybe years maybe old. Maybe, Matt, maybe his mother taught her. Maybe he's a dogophile. No. We don't know. A dogophile. <laughs> you need, you need to, these are your four walls. You need to control this. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. So maybe your mom actually taught him as a young baby how to stick his beak in, in your ass. I don't know. Oh, geez. My dog's Maybe he was putting your ass when you were kidding. Now, now. How this old is, is your dog? Eight. So, it, so how old are you right now? Me? I'm 26. So, so you had him when you were 18, right? When a baby? Well, he – no, no. The dog – we had the dog in 2014. He was, he was born a year before that. So okay. we, had, we, had, we got him the summer of 2014. I think it was July 10th or something. Who, so who trained him? All of us collectively. Mm-hmm. My my brothers at that time were si- were like still in high school or middle school. I was I was I was in college. So I, when I was there, when I was there on certain weekends and in the summer, I would I would play with him and stuff like that. So you play with him? Yes. Now, how did you All play with him? Uh, sometimes with pranks. Sometimes oh, with. So you pr- whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, but he's he's very selective. Like uh, he's exactly like he. Fair. If we have like different types of toys, like you he'll pick confused, a favorite. I'm, getting, I'm really confused, but that's okay. What so, kind of toys? What kind of toys do you use? So so some of them. Oh, his favorite are tennis balls. Oh, he likes no. tennis balls. And yeah. his favorite his favorite of all. Does those he like it when he goes in the pool and rubs all? He doesn't over. like water. Oh, he doesn't like. Water. No. He doesn't really like no. water. But no. he likes to you know give people water, right? <laughs> you know what? He likes to. Yeah, does he? He doesn't prefer to salivate. Does he make you feel good about yourself, warm and touchy when he comes? He is warm. He is warm. Does he feel like very you know dogish? Dogish when you're when you hold him. Dogish. Yeah. yeah. Sure, I guess. You gonna ask a million dollar question, or am I gonna do it? I think you should. Okay, let's get go ahead. Does your dog like doggy or no? Like doggy? Yes. What? Yeah, does he like dogs? Right. It's not that hard of a question. It's yes or no. I guess, sure. <laughs> I don't know what that means, you but sure. You should be thrown in jail, sir. That is animal cruelty. <laughs> I don't know what doggy is. I hope somebody know. calls Peta on your ass. I don't know what doggy is. I would never inflict any cruelty on him. So well, you already have. 
By well, doing what? Well, A, he licked your ass, and B, how do you know he likes doggies beyond me? I have no idea. But this conversation I don't know what that now. is. Well, you should figure it out. You're the producer. Produce. Google it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The fact you've subjected oh. me and Errol to this nonsense is crazy. Actually, I think we brought it up and we subjected it. Well, to I him. know, but I wasn't gonna. Yeah. I wasn't gonna bring I, that up. I, I mean, it's not my fault that he he liked his dog in his ass. I mean, he, he was straddled. You know, he jumped, but he liked it, right? I didn't like it. So what did, what you did, so you're telling me? Uh, hold on one second. I'll leave you alone after this. So you're telling me when no, he had not. when he had his tongue in your ass, not for one second did you like it? No. What did it feel like? A tongue. It felt like a tongue? Yeah, saliva. Saliva? So you felt He spit the... in your ass? He looped you up? What? God damn it, Speedy. This what does dog, that even this mean? This dog really is a man's best friend, and I don't think you fully understand. A man's best yes, friend? Yes, yes. He likes us, but... No, he loves you. Okay, yes. That was true. He... I when I when again when I was man's best friend the first three years before I before I came before I came here to work with the network where we had him you know what he I he did he did like me because I gave him the most attention and I played with him it wasn't played with him Uh huh. yes outside and I want I want I want did you play capture the balls. (laughs) Yes, and I hid them on him. You hid them on (laughs) what? Yeah, where'd you hide them? I would usually usually hide them on his ears. Where'd you hide them? He'd find him if it was in his ears. So where did he find him? No, no, no. Sometimes I'd hide him behind bushes. I would hide him. I would hide him, like, in the woods. How about in your right pants? Near our, right near our pants? house. What? How about in your pants? Did you ever put him in your uh, pants? Sometimes I'd put it in my pocket. Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah. Or a jacket pocket, something jacket. like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would sometimes. Yeah. It depends. But because, that like I was saying, What? When you put your balls in your jacket. One. One ball. Whatever. 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 Whatever his favorite one was, it usually was the medium-sized medium tennis size. ball. Yeah, he likes the medium-sized. Yes, those are always his favorites. Yes. Yeah. The green one or the yellow one? Uh, didn't matter the color. Mm. Yeah. No, he, no. He likes usually they blue. were either green he or... likes some blue. I don't know if there was ever a blue one. I don't no. know. No, we, we, no. Usually they were green or orange. Green or orange. So he likes orange Have balls. you been to a doctor? Yes, I've been to a doctor in my life. What's your So point? they cleared it out? What? An orange testicle, Speedy, is not a common occur. When did I say testicle? <laughs> That's Tyler thinking his dirty thoughts. Uh, anyways. Keep your hands on the table. That's all I want. <laughs> anyways. Matter of fact. Mm-hmm. No, what, no what, why don't we here. get into, uh, obviously, uh, the NBA. Well, uh, let's go into the MLB. We'll finish up with football because there's a lot to talk about. Um, uh, the Mets uh, obviously signed a new GM. I was very surprised. And I, you know what's so funny? When, when I heard that the Mets were bringing in this GM, I was laughing because everybody said he was the perfect pit for, pick for the Mets. Meanwhile, they, they interviewed how many people for the job? At least 30 10. Jobs, <laughs> At least 10. 30 guys, 50 yeah. guys, whatever they – and he was the best guy for the job because he was the last guy for the job that interviewed said, yes, I'll take the job. Yep, uh, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Epler worked, worked for the New York Yankees for about 10 years. Um on a good years for the Yankees, uh, he was a big part of that organization and helped them maneuver the scouting, uh, the scouting uh, for for the New York Yankees. He was a lead scout for the Yankees for many many years, and a lot of the guys that we saw, uh, you know, I, after Derek Jeter, but 
all the other young players that we saw came up, it was really him, like Luis Saver- uh, Soriano or or somebody. Alfonso you know, Soriano, or, yeah. I'm sorry, Alfonso Soriano or some all the other guys that came up with the Yankees organization. He was a big part of the growth of some of the young players, and obviously uh, Robertson Cano and those guys. So, oh, by the way, he's still on the Mets. He gets to come back this year. Yeah, he gets to you know <laughs> coach uh, the same guy that he picked. So there you go. Yeah, so he doesn't get suspended again. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the Mets are now positioned with a GM. Uh, the question is, are they going to do it with a manager? Uh, I do believe they'll find a manager. I think it'll be somebody with the Angels organization. Yeah, or unfortunately, the that's what I'm hearing, too. Or the Yankees organization. I, I, I More of the Angels organization. Uh, so Mets fans are probably not going to be happy with the name that comes out. Can I, can, mm-hmm. I, can I briefly say something? Yeah, absolutely. If it's Mike Socha, no, I it's not. No, no, Mike Socha's no. not the one I'm mad at. No. It's a, 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 one a you lot more said, rumored. No, no, Mike Socha I like. But I'm just saying, if Billy Epler brings in Mike Socha, and it's I hear a single Mets, I understand. But if the Mets get Mike Socha as the manager, it's not going to be because he wants somebody analytical. But if it's Socha, I should have the right to slap you. No, no, no. I don't. Socha is not the one I was everything. referring to. No. The one I'm referring to is Brad Osmus, who was awful with a very talented Tigers team. And but there was another name that came out, and I think Met fans will be very happy to hear this. Uh, Buck Showalter was another name on the list. Mm-hmm. The two I top guess. guys, okay. Buck Showalter and Brad Osmus, are the two big names. Uh, that Epler is really deciding on where he wants to see, go with it. I can't see Showalter and him gain a wall. Uh, he's very close. Supposedly they're very close. And he's a well, guy. Yeah, Yankee style. Yeah, one's analytical sense. and one's old school. <laughs> Well, you got to remember. You got to remember if they are bringing in this new GM, Sandy Alderson's values are still going to be there. He but works it's not good with be, young players. It's too. not going to be no, as I, I, it's not going to be I, as strong where right. the analytic push like Luis Rojas. Luis Rojas was an analytical guy. That was his position. He was a plus. Star. I think Buck will only take the Mets job out of all the jobs because he wants to stay closer to home in New York. Sure. So that's what I heard. He wants to stay on the East Coast. He wants to be closer to his family. Oh. He's a New York guy. He wants to be here. So we could have killed two birds with one stone, fired Aaron Boone, and brought back Buck Showalter. I, I don't think the Yankees. Great. I don't think the Yankees want to bring in an older guy. No, I don't. I don't. I, that's it, not it, what the that Yankees was just want. My daily shot at Aaron. Yeah, Boone. if I. <laughs> yeah, if it came down to Aaron Boone or Brad Ausmus, I'm taking Aaron Boone ten times out of ten. I'll tell you that right now. Brad Ausmus took great. I don't think Buck was the guy. Tigers teams and put him into the ground. Yeah, I don't think Buck is the type of guy that the Yankees been. want. I think the Yankees. I know who the Yankees are going to look at. They they have guys in their organization right now they're going to be looking at when who? when they decide to part ways. I just told you, you know the guys that I've mentioned. I, I still believe these guys are going to be the lead guys to get the job. I, I heard that. By the way, David Cohn, there was somebody that wanted to talk to the David Cohn in the offseason, and the Yankees would not allow him. So, but can they legally do that? Yes, they He's can. not employed by the team. Yes, he is. He's under contract with the Yankees and the Yes Network. Yes Network. Which is owned by who? No, I get it. The okay. Sign Bears own it, but all right. So he works for the Yankees. He works for the Yankees organization. So I thought Yan- only coaches were allowed to. The, be. No, the Yankees could. I think the Yankees are very interested in, in possibly the future bringing in David Cohn as the head co- head manager of the team. That'd be good. Um, I'd be fine with David Cohn. It's somebody that I think a lot of Yankee fans would be very happy with, and, yes. and a guy uh, that is uh, you know is a Beats New York the moron bound, we have. He now. is a New York bound guy. So we'll see what happens. 
But uh, I don't think David Cohen will be going anywhere but the Yankees if he does take a coaching or a manager job. You're a, you're, you're, a legend, you're a legend moron. Is still 20 times the manager that Brad Ausmus is, though. Yes. Uh, that's not saying much. I know. I'm just saying. It's saying a lot. Because <laughs> you make, also, it, seem, hold on. Wait, you make it seem like he's a bad manager, which is ridiculous. He's not a bad manager. He's average. Uh, Aaron Brad Boone Ausmus? Is, no. Aaron, no. Boone. Boone. Aaron Boone. Aaron oh, Boone is not an average manager. No, that's average. most ridiculous No, no, he's a good statement. manager. He's a good manager. Brad Ausmus is That is awful. a ridiculous <laughs> statement by you, and you're wrong. And and, and you want to hate the guy? Opinion. Hate him. Yeah, you can hate the guy. Don't say he's an awful or he's I okay. Didn't say he's All right, awful. you, you say he's he's an average manager. He's not an average manager. No average manager does what he does with the injuries that he's had over the last four years. So I'm telling you right now, don't call him average. He's not average. He's amongst the top ten easy managers in the league. It's not even an argument. And and to say that some people, including yours truly, would think he's I would oh, say five or six in my list. So that's where and that's where I look at. Uh, and if you're five or six with 30 teams in the major leagues, you're pretty damn good. Okay, so who won Coach of the Year in the American League, by the way? Uh, Cash. No. Cash. Yeah, exactly. no. Yes. I thought Cora should have won, though. That's no, right. either way. So did I. I thought Cora should. The National League, they definitely got especially right, especially Gosh. the way Boston. But again, um, he's another guy. Everyone wanted him. You wanted him fired. I did. So nope, bad. You're right. You're right. You cursed out the I Giants. Believe- They're morons. You're right. They made a nope, mistake. You're right. I was. I thought. I called, I called Gabe Kapler the worst manager in baseball that year. You yeah. did. I did. I did. I was terribly, Kapler terribly wrong it. on that. Kapler, Kapler absolutely it. deserved it, and then some. No team. The Giants were supposed to be rebuilding. I thought they had the third worst roster in the National League at the beginning of the year. And this is the best part. In an era of baseball where you only see like three man benches, sometimes American League teams with only two. He went with a six-man bench and made it work, which is utterly crazy. And you know what's so funny? And you love what Kaplan did, and you just stuck up for Kaplan, my friend. When Aaron Boone did it with 40 or 50 injuries that year and took the Yankees to 105 wins, and the Yankees took him into the playoffs and do what he did, and went as far as the Giants did in the playoffs, you can't give Aaron Boone – actually went further, and you can't give Aaron Boone any credit – that's what makes me sick to my stomach is it shows you how much you hate a guy because Kapler did exactly what Aaron Boone did. Actually, Aaron Boone did it harder with a, a team that had nobodies on the team, guys that you never even heard of. Took them for 105 wins, and you got all the crap to say about Aaron Boone. It's garbage, and I don't want to hear it. In, in, in Kapler's defense, though, a lot of those guys were supposed to be nobodies, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and what about the Yankees? The guys? That oh, they sure, brought? sure. Look, look at the guys that were on that team and on that roster, guys that, you know, were – People that picked up on waivers sure. that were hitting the ball. Right. I don't want to hear it, okay? Aaron Boone deserves a lot of credit that you don't give him, but you're going to give Dave Kapler after one season. Oh, my God. One season. And then Aaron Boone, winning seasons. Back to back to back to back years. All the time the Yankees made the playoffs. It just so. proves what I said on the weekend crunch. The Phillies just might be unmanageable. <laughs> no, it's just their bullpen. It, when yes, you have a bad which is bullpen. utterly atrocious. And we were talking about it. Their bullpen is horrible. It is. <laughs> It's a horrible bullpen. It might be, it might be the most unmanageable Wheeler, bullpen I, I ever Honestly, I, I like um, Burn or whatever is it. Burns. Burns. Burns, Burns yeah. and he won, and he had a good start, a start up of the season. Uh, he kind of died down at the end of the season, but he was great in the He beginning. was just limited with innings more. Um, the guy that really played well that should have gotten is Zach Wheeler. I mean, no, I, give me a I, Zach Wheeler had a fantastic season. I'm surprised Bueller though. wasn't a finalist either. He had a great year, too. Yeah, but uh, Zach Wheeler deserved it. I, I really do believe it. His second half, on his, the way he shut down teams, every time he was on the mound, they won. And every time he wasn't, they lost. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, how could you not see the the and, and the Mets? The Phillies just needed a time machine to go back. You know, it's years. so funny because me and Mikey C were arguing years and years ago, and I we we both argued that the two best pitchers on those Met teams, not Harvey, 
not Matt's, not any of that. He th- he took DeGrom, DeGrom, and I took Zach Wheeler, and I said, Zach Wheeler has more pitches than any one of those pitchers on the mound for the Mets. The only thing about Zach Wheeler that scares me is his injury-prone, and he's an injury-prone player. If this kid actually gets a chance and he plays a full season, he is going to be a Cy Young candidate. Is he Jacob DeGrom? No. Who is? But health-wise, he's proven to stay more durable than, than Jacob DeGrom this year, which says a lot if they do it back-to-back years and Jacob DeGrom is still a dominant player but can't finish the season. And this guy oh. goes another full season and dominates the way he did with Phil Duffy. Zach Wheeler with the Mets is the reverse. Could you about Wheeler and DeGrom in that pitching staff? Zach Wheeler, when he was with the huh. Mets, was the reverse Marcus Stroman. Was always iffy in the three. first first half Ooh. of the season, was great in the second half. And Stroman's the other way around. DeGrom and Wheeler right now. Oh, the the guy that has the biggest guy. Syndergaard goes is. to the Angels, by the way. <laughs> I actually don't mind. Million. I, I, I wouldn't have paid him that. Million. I think the Mets made the right move. And I told you, that's why I didn't want the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees weren't going to give him 25. And I'm glad the Mets didn't either. <laughs> but that's, if he is a dominant pitcher, watch out for what that. What a freaking goal. What was that? The well, fight? he put it up. He put it up high. He came down on a breakaway and flipped it right up. It's not a great goal. Grubauer's so, looking very bad. Mm. He's had a rough start to the year, yeah. It's still, it's still so early. You no, just, but uh, they have played no defense. I'm surprised their defense. I mean, that's another thing I could say about the Islanders. They they haven't they, their defense. I don't know their, def- their defense is falling apart. No, Seabrook's on Tampa. But I, again, I don't. Oh, that's I, right. I, they traded him. Yep. I don't. I, I'm not fearing what you know. Some of these teams. It's still early. You know, with hockey, that was a good goal. Nothing special. You know? Anyways, get back to it. Uh, with the Yankees, um, now we're hearing uh, obviously possibly making a move for. Uh, Olsen, maybe making a move for Seager. Listen, whatever the Yankees decide to do, they're going to bring them on on contracts that are veterans, you know, veterans contracts. Like, Corey Seager will get $14, 15000000 Is that great for us? Is that a good contract for a, a good short, short, shortstop that stays healthy? He's not a healthy guy, but if he stays healthy, we saw what DJ LeMayo could do for two years. I think Seager would fit like a glove in this offense. He could hit for average. He's a good ba- playoff hitter. And then Maybe uh, you know you decide to go after a Freeman. I, I think Freeman, if you solidify those two positions right there, you have arguably the best lineup in baseball. I don't know what you're arguing about. I, I think they need bullpen help. Starting pitching, they think you can find starting pitching in in, in, in you can guys well, that get to do it. Well, that's fine, but you can find starting. I think the bullpen is the most important thing for the Yankees to fill in. I, I think this offseason is going to be a big, big, important situation on where they think that this uh, bullpen is going to be this year and where this bullpen could be this year. Save this clip, please. Mm-hmm. You can save it. I actually want to. No, Speedy should do it. Because I will probably never say this to you out loud ever again on this show. Okay. I want to give you, because you brought up something last week, whatever the last time we talked about this mm-hmm. one. The smartest thing they should do is call Masahiro Tanaka in Japan mm-hmm. and say, "Listen, we want you back." That's a that's a rumor that they might bring Masahiro Tanaka back because he's 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 a guy that's not going to cost a lot of money for them, and he's a guy that could pitch here in New York. Well, not only that, even and I don't want to hear any Yankee fan. Oh, is he a race four? It's close to by five. the way, an unbelievable save. Screw all that noise. He can pitch in the playoffs. That's what you want Tanaka back for. He is a big game pitcher, and they don't have that. Hmm. Is that it? <laughs> well, no, that's the only thing I want to give you credit for right now. Yes. There you can, well, the credit is. The and now here's the, the back. And this is this is the save that was beautiful. Bam. There you go. You know who else would have made that save? Oh. Well, you're going to bring a Ranger up? Uh, I knew it was a Ranger. But you know who Not currently could make that save? Oh. 
Igor Shistorkin. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, well, man. Yeah. The way Sorokin looked last night, he couldn't stop a cold. That's fine. And Sorokin has not looked good for the last two games, but that has a lot to do with the traveling that they're doing. That's just, and if you no, if you think that really if you if season. you think that this is what's going to be the whole no. season, Sorokin will be a top fifteen goalie. Uh, he'll be a top ten goaltender, and, uh, and and you can say whatever you want. So we'll, Snark we'll says the Mets let Noah Syndergaard go, probably a good move. Yeah, I wouldn't have paid him that much. Uh, Brad Ausmus is a perfect match for the Mets. Double train wreck. Match. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, the Mets should bring in Benny Agbayani in as the manager. Nice. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, new, ba- new Mets manager. Yeah, that would go along with all the front office guys they've had recently. Yeah, just to have it fit the trend. And did Tyler just play the Beave opinion card? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. By the way, Everyone uh, else uses by the way uh, daily, so I Shesterkin use. and Sorokin, oh, their numbers oh. are practically the same. So, oh, just so you know. Well, didn't you call I'm just Sorokin a, like, a prodigy? Yeah, he is. Oh, He's okay. had it. Dude, so travel. Dude, do what do what Sorokin has done all season, and and let let's get to let's get down to the dirty, okay? Because what you what you say is ridiculous. He hasn't had a home game. He hasn't had a home game all season long. The Rangers have played better on the road than uh, they have at home. That's, that's <laughs> which fine. they've done for the last ten years. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> they always play better on the road, except in the playoffs when so they need to. Anyways, any um. Uh, to get back to you know with with the the baseball, it, it's going to be a very interesting off season. I, I'm intrigued on seeing what. Uh, the Scherzer. What? What? I had a I had a bad hiccup. Yeah, well, Scherzer's not being he's not going <laughs> to be a Yankee. What so do you mean? He's not going to be a, he's not going to be a Yankee. Who brought up Max Scherzer? I didn't you say just said about Max Scherzer. Scherzer. I just I heard it. Why? Yes, why? Did. What did you hiccup instead? <laughs> it was Max mean. Scherzer. I heard what he said. I said Gazuntite. No, you oh, said really? moron. How's that sound? I definitely didn't say moron. I think you're lost. How's that? Don't worry. Next, next time he'll hiccup. Is your everybody. dog here? Mm. No. no. Why? Is he going to lick your ass? No, I don't know where that no- feeling is. He wouldn't know how to open this door anyway. So That would be interesting if he did. Yeah, he only knows how, how to open one Two door in our one. house. And I would like to see that, actually. Uh, and by the way, Snug says Scherzer to the Brewers. It's if possible. that happens, it's possible. They, it's possible. They will go to the I think World it's, I think it's more likely either the Braves or the Cardinals. You know who else? You know who else the Yankees should tamper with if they're going to do stupid trades? Mm-hmm. Go get Josh Hader. Go uh, get him. His price is going to go up very high. Be, and the Brewers, I don't know if still they're want Josh being, Hader, huh? being a near 100-win team, I don't know Listen, if they'll trade him. If now. you're going to go out there, you're going to tell me that you're going to trade. Take whatever you're going to trade for Matt Olson. Take whatever you're going to trade for Luis Castillo. Put them together and go get Hader. And then say, oh, all right, we're fixing the bullpen. At least, at least. I just don't know how available you think Hater is going to be, though, because they made a big leap this year. The Brewers, because hmm. they well, won almost a hundred. You think games. the Brewers are going to pay him five years, no. one hundred and fifty million dollars as a reliever? No, because he's going to get the biggest contract a reliever's ever made. It's possible. He's young. He's durable. And oh, he's I love him better. He's by phenomenal. The year. He's perfect for modern baseball. And that's why I don't think the Brewers will get rid of him. <laughs> right. I do think they will. It's just a matter of time. They can't afford him, and they're not going to pay him. So His they're, value they're gonna, is at an all-time high. They're going right to have now. to move them. They're, there's no way they're going to be able to pay them, even with the talent that they have on the team. Do you think they're going to overpay these guys? That, no, they I, can't. Milwaukee's a great city. It's a, it's a great place. It could be a place they're that the we Tampa could Bay go. Rays of the National They're a middle tier, though. They're it could Tampa be a place Bay. that we might go to do our show maybe in the future. So, hey. You know, but uh, honestly. Yeah, maybe. And Brewskies. Yeah. I don't know. What is Brewskies. it, Miller? What is it, Miller? 
No, they changed the name. It's now something something. No, but they still get sponsored by. A oh yeah, yeah. They still have the. Uh, they still have the slide. Oh no. They, oh, they, whatever they do, don't give they, us Milwaukee oh, they, beer. Oh, that they, shit's awful. They took away the. They took away the beer. Milwaukee. Thing, though, on the Milwaukee slide. is the home of the beer. It's the home of the beer. It's nasty. What's What's nasty about the beer? The hobs and the oh, beer to me is disgusting in general. Yeah, but really. It's just yeah. Speedy will love it. To be honest me? with you, the only beer I can drink is Corona. Oh, Speedy will have a beer gut by the time he's done with that place. A beer gut? <laughs> he'll be he'll be <laughs> drinking beer all day long. You know, hey, let's go get a beer. What am I, Mongo from Blazing Saddles? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but your mom could go anywhere <laughs> on a saddle with me. Oh, boy. We're going to find the dog again. Huh? <laughs> My dog is not here. What? My dog is not here. <laughs> if he was so, under the table, sp- jo- well, hold on one on of the tables would fall. Tyler just almost put his head in <laughs> Speedy's lap. <laughs> I wanted to find the dog. Well, The dog could, is not well, here. Well, it might be between his legs. <laughs> My dog would not fit between my legs. You've seen him. It's not that small. You've seen the dog? I, I did, but uh, I, I don't think that's the dog I'm talking about. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, are you an Oscar <laughs> Mayer? What? <laughs> or are you a um? No, I'm ballpark. not. I'm not. Oh, for hot dogs? Uh, doesn't matter. You like Oscar? Or Mayer? a Storgan? What? Uh, Saber Hagen. I'm sorry, Saber Hagen. I'm, I like all hot dogs. I don't really have a He likes all hot dogs. He likes <laughs> he likes a lot of sauces. How do you like your right? hot dog cooked? How do you like your oh, sauces? Uh, broiled and it's dark. Broiled I mean, dark, like, dark a campfire sausage. style. Yeah, like like campfire, a campfire yeah. style. I got a guy. <laughs> you have a guy that broils hot dogs? He's got the best hot dog on the planet. All right. Good to know. Will you eat his hot dog? Okay, send me. No, I'm asking. I don't want to. I don't want to address. I'll, I'll consider it. Sure. <laughs> I think he's going to come to you. <laughs> send me his address. Deli- He's a hot dog delivery service or a food truck? <laughs> We're going to hell, you know. <laughs> Me and you are going to hell. All right. Oh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. So Aaron Judge wants to be a Yankee for life or go to the Giants, huh? All right, cool. Well, he's not going to the Giants. Who said he's going to the Giants? He wanted to get drafted by the Giants, and he kind of wished that the Giants had drafted him originally in the draft. And He's not going to the Giants. No, he's I know. Not, I, I he's not leaving to, the Yankees. The Yankees I just wanted gonna, to say something. They're going to extend his contract. I think he's going to get $160, 170000000 million contract from the Yankees. Yeah, that's what he's going to get. I, I mean, I, I, the Yankees will sign him to a five, six-year deal. He'll make about twenty. Seven million a year, which is a good for, for a guy that is, listen. When healthy, Aaron Judge is a top five player in the league. You you can argue that with his numbers and what he does consistently. Five to a player can run, he can throw, he can do everything. Cannot stay healthy. Uh, that's the only thing. But when he is, he's one of the best players in baseball. And I think he this year he was one of the best players in baseball. You look at his numbers, statistics, analytics show that he has the best analytic year. Not home runs, but. Hits per, you know, he didn't strike out a lot. He was good. He was very, very he good. He was very good uh, this year. And I, I want to see him do it again. Yeah, I think he will. I think he's not numbers wise. Just get on the field. Stay on the field. Uh, and I sure. think if he stays there on the field, one trade I would make though. What? I call up the Nationals and I say, Judge, obviously you're going to give up more. But what the hell? How much? How much more could you possibly give up if you're the to get Juan Soto? Right, if you offer it, he might happen. win MVP. So yeah. it's he gonna be steep. Win MVP. He's gonna win multiple MVPs. No, I'm saying this he's year the he best player MVP. in the National League 
Tatis is close. Yeah. But Juan Soto is the best player in the National League, and he's 22 years old. And he's already won a World so Series. So, yeah, the, the steep, the price is going to be very steep for a guy who's durable, has the lowest chase rate in baseball, hits 300. Charlie and, gets to see him every game, so. Yeah. It's going to be next to impossible to get Charles? There. Charlie, Charlie Slows. We interviewed him back in May the voice last of year. The, um, He's the radio broadcaster the of the Nationals. He's fantastic. Yes, and I, I have to call him. I, I was supposed to call him to finish our conversation. We haven't had a chance to talk. It's been such a crazy, crazy couple of weeks for me. Cool. But, uh, um, oh, yeah, for why sure. don't we get into uh, week 10 of the season? And, I, I mean, there was so much that happened. And even Jeff said it. We, we talked about uh, what the Patriots are doing right now in the AFC East and and really, the stir-up of what this Buffalo Bills team is. I, I don't know what Buffalo team we're going to get every single week, what Josh Allen we're going to get every single week. And if you were a Buffalo Bills fan, guys, uh, I'd be very worried. The Bills are, it's weird. They're kind of like the Dodgers in baseball this year, where they were just so dominant in certain areas. They're number one in a lot of... A, a, lot, a lot of categories, defensively, offensively, very talented, as we know. I don't think they're as high talent level overall as the Dodgers in baseball, but what they're struggling in is losing these tight, tight games. When The, the, the Titans game was close, 34-31. They, they lost. But they'll blow out teams like the Chiefs, and they'll blow out these other opponents to make it look better than, than not, not, not that it is because they are very talented, but when they, when the game is a lot closer, even the Steelers game at the beginning of the season, there's no reason they should have lost that game. That's the one thing that concerns me come playoff time as talented and well-rounded as they are. Cause they really don't have any well-rounded. They don't really, word. they don't really have any significant flaws like they did last Speedy, year. Where, are you well-rounded? No. How about, how about you, Tyler? Are you well-rounded? I would say so. Uh, how rounded would you be? I'm probably a full 360. 360 rounded. That, that's really round. Yes. You can't uh, get is, it, is it big or a little bit on the miniature side? Slightly above average. It's above average? So does it work for you? or It works. You it sure? Works well you sure? Because I, I heard you're not very rounded. By who? By a lot of different people. And Speedy actually told me the other day that he doesn't think you're rounded either. Is, is this true? I have Speedy? no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Kyle, yeah, is this true. true? I have no idea what it's he's talking about. It's Speedy to you. Errol, no, no, it's Errol likes to make things up that I said. He, he really doesn't think that you're very rounded in any kind of way. You know. Hey. So uh, I just want you to it's know. It's going to be a long ride home for you. Yes, it is. You might as well just get on the roof. Uh, or start I, walking I now. Oof. Either way, I, I think walking would be a very, very good thing for him. So how would I? How would I be able to? You get... could take his bag. You know, how would I? I'm be... not gonna take his bag. Why would I? Why All would right. I have give him his my bag? All right. So, so we look at the NFC East, and 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 to me, I think the Jets are going to be sitting where they are right now. I I don't see the Jets beating Miami this week. I think Miami has Tua's back. Right, Tua's going to be playing in this game. Yep. I am not going to bet on Joe Flacco to come in there and win a game for the Jets, and it would be very stupid for the Jets to win. It would be the very Jet thing to <laughs> win, though. <laughs> yes. I can see it too. It's so it's weird. Joe it Flacco the be the red of to the be new Mike you, White, and then they'll get rave on him, and then all of a sudden he'll put, have a bad game. Not only might they beat Miami. They are going to go into Houston and win that football game, too. Okay, that's not saying much. But I'm just saying. I don't think they beat Houston. I don't think they beat Houston. I don't. No, they're definitely winning the game in Houston. I don't think the they beat The only question Houston. is, will you win in Miami? Uh, if Zach Wilson Miami. plays, they beat Houston. If Zach Wilson don't play, they're not winning. 
they're not winning. You're definitely going to be Houston. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if Zach Wilson doesn't play and it's Joe Flacco, Houston wins. If, if, if say, uh, Wilson plays, if Zach Wilson comes back in that game and plays, then I'd say there's a good chance they beat Houston. That's a good way to ease him back too. Into if he is, 100% that's probably healthy. what they're gonna do. If he is 100 percent healthy, we will see if that's the case because obviously he's not playing this week. But that they're is a good playing. that is a good game to ease him. Why back, would they bro. play him against Miami the way Miami played last week? Right. <laughs> and again, if he's not 100 percent healthy, don't do it yet. So. I mean, Miami will kill him. Okay. I mean, the way they played last week. Right. And they're a very blitz-happy uh, team. High-flying so. <laughs> team yeah. that can get at the quarterback. I mean, he's going to be running for dear life. Right. You know, I, I'd rather Joe Flacco run for dear life, <laughs> if you ask me. And then Mike White, because everybody thought he was the next thing since the Messiah. Oh, Jesus Christ himself was going to come out from the ground. With Tom Brady, you know, junior, junior coming out. You'll, you'll, you'll be funny. Uh, oh, Joe, Fla- Joe Flacco plays well enough to beat the Dolphins, and all the Ravens fans want him back. Oh. <laughs> I mean, soon we'll be talking about the NFL draft because it's right around the corner. It's very soon, and and the playoffs are really, what, six, seven weeks away? I mean, six weeks away. Yep, we are a little more than halfway through the season. It it really, it's it's crazy. Football's almost over. (laughs) And honestly, this week. for you, it's a good thing. Well, I'm not really worried about it. As a Jet fan, you know, you, you expect it. You expected it not to be a winning season for them. I expect next year to be the season where I expect this team to really give you the turnaround and hopefully the health can stay, keep them where they, they could have the turnaround season that we wanted to see and maybe be a borderline playoff team. That's what we want to see as a Jet fan. If they're a borderline playoff team every year, they get into the playoffs, they make, they make noise in the playoffs, maybe win a game and, you know, and you know, slide around. Maybe it's a future is good and for future as well for this team of growth with some of the young players they have. But uh, Tampa has not looked good for the last two weeks. No. They haven't. And, uh, it's a get right game Monday. It's a great. What happens if it's a get wrong game and the and the uh, Tampa loses hit, that you game? You hit the panic button. Well, uh, first of all, the, the the Giants actually match up very well against them, and I think the Giants will be in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. I really do. I, I think it's in Tampa, right? Yeah, it is. I'm not sure. No, it is. Yeah, I know they played at MetLife last year, so it probably is. Yes, and I think. But the Giants did play them close. Ironically, Monday Night Football around the same mm-hmm. time in the season. Errol and I were at Applebee's with his uh, his friend, the Jets curse, uh, the cursed Jets fan, Eric Martini. Mm-hmm. We were and uh, they we, ran the ball very. We well. were actually very impressed with how the Giants played. They almost won that game. You thought they got screwed on the two point conversion I call. I remember that. Yes. And yeah, they could have. They would have tied the game at that point. I think the Giants would have won the game if it went into the, you know, went to overtime. Sure. I really do. The defense was playing great. They were getting at the quarterback. And by the way, the guy that was crushing that defensive line, which I expect is X Jet, Mister Williams. I want to see him get out. I, I want to see him get out. Yeah, uh, do better than two good games a year, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he played very well against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So. I, that's what we want to see. Uh, I, I want to see this team actually play hard and play, you know, shockingly uh, special for the for the organization to really say, you know what, maybe Gettleman, uh, maybe Gettleman isn't going to be fired. Maybe they, maybe if he, we give him another year to try to rebuild this team and go after the players that he wants in free agency, he can turn this thing around. I don't know. Uh, uh, granted, but, not nearly as good of a team as as they were. Uh, at this at this time, but Daniel Jones' great debut also was against the Buccaneers. And the return so. <laughs> of Aaron B. Bad Roger. Well, he, he came back last week, but he did. Uh, I think this is the return of Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, and I, what I mean by return, 
330 yards, four touchdowns. You know, he'll be back because I didn't expect him to go and throw the ball the hell out of the ball after missing a week. That's not what he does. He needs to get you know tempo and everything like that. I, I believe. And who are they playing this week? Minnesota. They're yeah. at Minnesota. Yeah, this is a big game. A big game for both yes. teams in this one. And the the yardage total was good last week for the Packers, yeah. for Aaron Rodgers. But they didn't. he didn't have any touchdowns. He had the one interception in the red zone, which was a, a bad throw, a bad decision to do that. But schedule gets hard. I mean, the last Yeah, their schedule is naturally. They, it was like that. Vikings, the the Rams, Bears. <laughs> they got the whole NFC West, the AFC North still. Uh, I think they got to play the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens still, and they'll yeah. be Cleveland. I'm not worried about it. So Cleveland's they, done. They got a lot of. They got a lot. They're going to be games. talking. Did you hear about the Baker Mayfield thing? Anybody listening to that? There's what stories coming now? out that Baker Mayfield isn't the 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 future of this team and this organization. Wow. Oh, here we go. That's what, oh, that's your boy. That's here what I. Here we go. You didn't hear the Baker Here we go. All the Johnny B. Goods are going to make a story now. Come on. Uh, no, I'm just saying that there's a story coming out That's true. on Baker Mayfield right now that he isn't the future. Well, well. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Going back to the yeah. Packers, though, they, they still got a lot of yardage, though, in that game, 292 yards, and you just, they just didn't Listen have to touch that. Mock draft, Browns find Baker Mayfield's uh, replacement as third-best quarterback on the thing for Pitt. That's what they think. They oh, got pick, Pitt. It. pick it, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They think that he's the next. He's going to take over for Baker Mayfield. That's who they're going to draft. That's mm. what they think. Very interesting. It, it, it's going to – and on this board, they have Evan Neal going to the Jets at number three. Uh-huh. Interesting. Fair. Yeah, and that's what the Jets – and that's what the Jets definitely could do, especially with the injuries that Beckton suffered so far. They probably have to consider, all right, we need and much then, more uh, of a, a the more n- durable guy. Number seven, N'Kobe Dean would go to the Jets. That's another – this is the draft board over here. Who's N'Kobe Dean? Is he good? That's the DT. The the linebacker on Georgia. Oh, um, I wouldn't. Where's that Jeff? early? He's the Georgia guy. Yeah, he's good. He's good, but I don't know about that early. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. When you said Kobe, I was thinking the corner from Cincinnati at first, and I was like, no. Yeah, he's 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 a pretty good player. I I, I don't know if the, with the Jets having the pass rush needs, I don't I don't know if I would go after an inside linebacker first because they still have they still have Mosley. Uh, obviously Georgia Georgia is star driven in the front, so they're going to have those guys. I would go draft early. Neil, and if you go at seven and and somehow Stingley falls to you, if you Stingley know, falls, that'd be amazing. You get Stingley I, and I Neil. Think, <laughs> I think Stingley will end up an Eagle though. <laughs> Stingley and uh, I mean that would be fantastic. If, if the Eagles have Miami's pick and it's that high, I feel like Stingley's going to be. They're saying their at pick. number six, the Giants are going to draft Ikawano, uh, the offensive tackle from NC State. Oh, that that high? That's a, this is this is just a. It's one mock draft. Yeah, it's I, a I mock get draft. That. That's it, what, it'll change throughout the year too. I'm surprised they. I'm, I'm surprised they have. A lot of those guys that high ranked in the top ten because most of the top ten guys were supposed to be the, the the three pass rushers before Anderson obviously got the charges against him, and I believe he just had his court case recently, so we'll see how that goes. Um, the kid from Michigan and Hutchinson, and then obviously Kayvon Thibodeau, who everyone expects to go number one. Also, offensive he's line, going one, and then Stingley, like you mentioned, unless somebody trades, uh, you know, trades uh, up for a position that they is needed, he's going one. And there's a couple receivers, too, that could go in the first round as well. So I'm surprised that he would be ranked that high. I, I wouldn't mind an offensive lineman, but I feel like they would if – it, if it's not if it's not Neal, he probably won't be there if the Giants are picking at six. 
then wait for the wait for the Chicago pick for that. I mean, if you can get two top ten picks, you you got to make them really really good. Yeah, if I'm the Giants, I would definitely go pass rush. If I were the Jets at number seven, I trade out of that Seattle pick. Yeah, you could look at that. So yeah, sure. Try to get more. Sure. Get a get a first round next year and get uh, Minnesota's nineteenth pick or. 18th pick this year, and, and then you, you set yourself even better next year. So you get two first rounds this year and two found first rounds next year. That's how you build a team. Jeff says Thibodeau may not go one. Yes, it's the Lions. There's always a chance the Lions screw up and don't draft him. <laughs> but you never know. But they've actually been a little better drafting-wise in recent years. Still not a great team. If he they doesn't go one, game. he goes two. I mean, <laughs> I don't think two teams are going to pass up before the Jets. I mean. Yeah. So it would be right now it's them and then Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville could screw up, too. <laughs> it wouldn't roll it out. No, Jacksonville would draft him. It's Houston. Uh, it would be Houston at number two. It would be... Um, oh, that's right. So, all right, so Jacksonville's three. Yeah, Houston will probably take him then. Yeah, Speaking of Jeff, here he is. Jeff, what's going on, bud? I mean, you guys got to realize when you do this kind of thing that, like... Like, the best player doesn't always go. We know that. Almost yes. never goes well, I, number Jeff, one. Jeff, I just said the Lions still might screw up. No, but we, we – more than likely, that guy's going one, okay? There have to be a catastrophic mistake where – I mean, you could make a case for – you could make a case Stingley, for three or four guys that could go in that position. Yes, but I, 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 almost every single board, they're saying – this kid, so from right because he's the best. Po- like he's yeah. pro, he's the best prospect. Right. I would say that because you know the, the, there's warts on him too. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty bad pec injury or arm injury or shoulder injury. Yeah. I don't know what injury mm-hmm. that is. He's but playing hurt a lot this year. Yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. The good thing you is, know, I, I guess most of these injuries are minor. It's nothing drastic, but yeah, you wonder how much that could linger. And and again, you know, if you if you look at history, right? Like if you look at draft boards and you look at history, the safest pick out there is a guy that's rated top three in the draft. It's the safest position. They usually have a good hit rate on contracts and get a second contract. You know, Mario, uh, well Mario Edwards or Williams or whatever his name was, the the defensive end. He wasn't very good when he got drafted one by. Houston. Houston. Everyone was shocked. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they could go the safe number one route and take Evan Neal. Mm. They need offensive line. That would be a smart pick to, to make. Mm. Sure. I, I, I agree with you, but I, I think it would be freakish if this kid doesn't go one. And if he doesn't go one, he'll go two. I, I don't think I don't think he falls to the Jets. He goes either I mean, one but, or two. But if you're the Lions, right? It, like you got to look at it through that lens. If you're the Lions, because look at what the Jets just did. It mm-hmm. may not have been number one or something like that, but they draft Mackay Becton, and that could be their Penn I Sewell. Mm-hmm. And then they came right back with uh, Elijah Veritaka, and that could be Evan Neal because mm-hmm. that's where games are won in the trenches. That's true, no question. And I and I think that if Neal's sitting there at three, that's where the Jets will go. I, I do believe that. Because it, 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 it just doesn't make sense. Now, they could get Stingley, and a lot of people think that they can really solidify their corner. The next big corner, the Ramsey, or or the – you could call him Revis, you know, another – they can call him Stingy Island or Stingley Island, whatever the hell they call him. But uh, uh, honestly, Evan Neal, I think if he falls to the Jets, 6'7", 350-pound – Offensive line, I mean, you put them on the other side. The size of that line would be insane. I mean, the size of that line is scary. I mean, that, that would be that would be something I think would be very smart uh, if 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 I were the Jets. And we talked about that. We talked about that. 
But uh, it's crazy when you look at this, you know, this off, this regular season and how the board is starting to fall, Jeff. And 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 I we're we're talking about draft picks already because the season's almost over. Uh, are you surprised with anything? I know you're. We know about your New England Patriots. Are you surprised at where any of these teams are right now? Going that we're right now in really square in the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't think anything really is a surprise this year. I think the only thing that is more of a surprise is the amount of parity with like Washington shouldn't be beating Tampa, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that should like the Jacksonville shouldn't be beating Buffalo. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. D- Detroit shouldn't almost be beating Pittsburgh. Hey, they but, have to be the first. Oh, 16 and one team in NFL history. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't think, Every year is kind of unique, but I don't think that there's a dominant team this year. I don't think that there's one team that you can look at I and agree. go, wow, they're really going to go far this year. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah, every team's either flawed somewhere or injured in a key <laughs> spot where, like, the Titans with Derrick Henry. Every like team that. is flawed every, somewhere. Every, right. te- every team has a loss or two that you're going to look at and go, how'd they lose that game? Mm-hmm. How did that team lose that game? I, I would agree with you. I, I mean, there were there after watching Tampa lose against Washington this week, and and, and listen, listen, when we all know when Aaron Rodgers is in the lineup, they're not going to lose. But if you're telling me that one player can completely change the the scenery of your team, and you can't go out there without him to make a throw, make a pass that can win a game, a, a winnable game against a, a team that really hasn't won consistently the last couple of weeks. Uh, you, you have to find a way to win that game, and, and that's why I don't know if Green Bay can make that play. Let's say if Aaron gets hurt in the fourth quarter and you need to make a play to win the game because uh, he might be out for the rest of the fourth quarter, I don't know if they win. And that, that's – if you're a, a Green Bay Packer fan, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, if you're even an Arizona Cardinal fan, let, let's be in, be in it, be honest. Kyler Murray can't stay healthy. He's a fantastic talent. But the guy last year, second half, didn't stay healthy. Healthy This year, first half, he hasn't stayed healthy. And I think throughout the, the, uh, the second half of the season, he's going to be limping and grinding to try to get through the season because of the, the way he puts himself at risk. So, And the Rams, I don't think you have anything to worry about if you're a Rams fan. I think this team is too talented to say, hey, you know what? This team's just going to completely fall apart and, and, and shit the bed in, in the playoffs. I don't think that this team is that bad or played as bad as they did. Uh, last week, bye week so. came at a great time for them. Yeah, so <laughs> two I, mean, I mean, being a fan of the Patriots, I've watched the Patriots and like championship teams enough to know that good teams beat the teams that you should beat. And I can't look at any of these teams that are playing football right now at this point and go, "Oh, they're they're all beating the teams that they should do," which is what good teams do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way Buffalo should be losing to Jackson, no, and laying that egg. Nope. That's not what that's not what good teams do. Mm-hmm. You wonder you know, if, where, where yeah. if they had lost to Cincinnati, you can go. Well, I can see that Cincinnati's got a pretty good offense, and you know they might not be where we thought they would be, but they're still pretty good. No one's saying that about Jackson. You wonder if this year too. I think there's a trend with a lot of coaches overthinking certain game plans too, and trying to manage players with the amount of injuries that have already been hit on a lot of superstar players in this particular year, especially with the running backs, but also also even with some of the quarterbacks. You mentioned Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't hurt, but a lot of these guys that have 
been top players that are either playing hurt or being load managed because they just have had trouble. Look at the Titans receivers at the beginning of the season. AJ Brown wasn't playing hundred percent or he wasn't playing at all. Now Julio Jones is on IR. So there's a lot of these bigger names that maybe are being managed where they're either overcoming it and like teams are playing down to them because of that. And they're getting surprise wins like the Titans did against the Rams or they're, they're playing with them in and they're, they're losing. Like it's all weird circumstances. And you wonder if that has to do with a lot of these coaching approaches that we've seen this year. They're either trusting their talent too much or they're playing, or if you're the opponent, you're playing down to a team. Well, the other thing to, to that point to exasperate that would be look at the teams that have signed big name guys. Like you, like the Titans, they bring in Julio Jones and they put all their eggs in one basket. And then that guy gets hurt. And then they, they don't, they didn't have a contingency plan. Their bench is trash, right? The, the salary cap has hampered them. They, they, they don't have guys that can come in and, and play football and they're terrible, hmm. right? Like that's just what's happening where, you know, the middling teams, like I hate to say, but the Patriots, they loaded up with just a bunch of bums for the most part, <laughs> right? Like no one was clamoring for Kendrick Bourne or no. Nelson Aguilar. I thought they overpaid guys. both of them. <laughs> But they, but they signed like six of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, so if when a guy goes down, they have another guy off the bench. The Titans don't have that. Yeah, it's just in certain in certain instances, though they've overcame it, though, and they still won anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like these unexpected type things, like the same thing with the Packers and the Cardinals. The Packers had all these receivers out with COVID. They beat the Cardinals, and then the Cardinals have all these injuries, and they beat the 49ers. Mm. So it's it's kind of it seems like a lot of these coaches are downplaying right, it more than ever with this the Cardinals. Year. But the injuries caught up with the Cardinals last week. Yep. Come on. Sure, sure. But I'm just saying, like, in reverse scenario, the, the Cardinals, you would think, okay, they'll beat the Packers, and they'll when they're hurt, they'll lose to the 49ers. No, the other way around. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the Rams, right? Like, the Rams tried to go and get insurance. We all thought that they, they got better. I don't, I don't think that they're a better football team right now. They're, it's a lateral move getting Odell back. Turn out, turns out getting Odell Beckham was a necessity because they lost Robert Woods. Sure. Yes, sure. and it turns out to be that way. And who knows? Maybe they knew that Robert Woods wasn't 100% healthy and they had to make this trade. So uh, maybe you're right. But maybe it benefits the opportunity to see what kind of weapon Odell Beckham could be in that offense uh, with Matthew Stafford. So far, it hasn't looked good. And Matthew Stafford looks like well, he's just I mean, like Baker Mayfield be, throwing the I ball. Mean, yeah, but you got to be fair as well. Yes. He was there for three days yes. before. I mean, how many, how many plays do you get? Like, he had his you know, 15 or 20 snaps or whatever he had. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But they certainly, he doesn't know the whole route tree. Sure. You know, I mean, you're not going to learn that in three days. Plus very complicated offense. And also Robert Woods got hurt on Friday. It's not like Robert Woods got hurt last week. He was at, he, he got hurt in a game out for the season and the Rams signed Odell as like a, or traded for Odell as that, like he's replacing him directly move and they could prepare. No, he got hurt on Friday and all of a sudden it hindered the game plan for, for that. And also Odell, is a different type of receiver where it comes to his strengths and weaknesses than Woods is. And also, as a result, I think Odell being in that role kind of, or Odell being used in that role, usually that's better than what Cooper Cup's been. And obviously, Cup's been a lot better this year, but that's normally what he is. What Odell is at his peak. And Cup now has to be used in those kinds of roles too. So he was being used more as the short catch after the after the catch type guy that we usually see Robert Woods in, whereas Cup was expanding down the field finally this year and having the great season that he's having. I mean, maybe the Patriots model is is like the new model people are going to start trying to copy, right? Where, like, maybe we don't pay an Amari Cooper 
18, 19 million dollars a year, maybe go and get two Nelson Aguilars for 12 a year. Well, that's usually right. been how teams win anyway. I don't remember the last team that won a Super Bowl with like one great receiver and then a significant, significant drop off. Where, but that's kind of what everyone's done right now. But I think that trend has been in existence for a while. Whether it's been like highlighted as much is a different question. But the, obviously, the Buccaneers had great receiving depth, so they won a Super Bowl last year. But even like teams like and, when, and even the when the Giants won, and the Bucks are infinitely hurt. Well, sure, but I'm just saying it's Godwin, it's OJ Howard, it's Gronk, it's you know now Leonard Fournette. Like, dude, that team's not repeating. No, I, I know. But nevertheless, I think the trend's been going on for a while where you have a case where a team has a huge number one target and then it's a big drop-off off of that. Like the Texans with Andre Johnson. Like Andre Johnson, who was their number two after that? Like you don't even remember. Like the the Bengals the first couple of years with A.J. Green. They Then they got later on Marvin Jones and guys like that. But it was A.J. Green and then who else? It was like Teams like that usually don't win. Like it's not a recipe for right, success. But, right, but you're naming bad teams. We're talking about the Bengals at that now, time but... were not a bad team. They were loaded yeah, in all other yeah, areas. They, they still don't win a playoff game. They're a bad team. Okay, that's um, mental. So, that's not talent but, driven. Right, but this is the thing though. Is I think the difference is you're talking about a team that like like the Titans who had a guy in AJ Brown, right, and they let a, a decent guy walk in in Corey Davis, but they you know they went all in and went for Julio Jones. Right. Like that's what they did. They, you know, like teams are more teams are going all in now and trying to bring in that extra big name dude. Sure. I just think that philosophy, the one, the one f- receiver philosophy still is that you're going to have a tough time. Even looking at, even looking at a team like the bills, we were, we were talking about earlier with Josh Allen. He's been great in certain games, but if they take out Stefan Diggs or let Stefan Diggs have his and then contain everybody else, he's had a tough time this year. Now granted some of it's the offensive line too, but that's been but a big every problem. Team is trying to do it. Like look at the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. Like the chiefs were in on that. How many balls is Odell Beckham going to get thrown to him going to the chiefs? They already have Hill and Kelsey. Yeah, they have Hill and Kelsey, but they're another team too. And we had uh, we had Doug Kite on the show a couple of weeks ago from Pro Football Focus, who was actually saying the Chiefs' number two receiver problem is bigger than we ever thought it would be. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be that big, but Nicole it shouldn't, Hartman but it is ridiculously bad. Yeah, he's turning into the uh, the I can stay healthy but still drop the ball speed demon of John Ross. <laughs> Right, but this is what this is what teams are doing. More and more, you're seeing teams try to go all in. Mm. Carl says, know? "Carl says, don't te- sleep on TJ Hushmanzada. Hushmanzada was not on that team. I'm talking about 2011 through like 13, when AJ Green's first three years in the league, when he was great, and their their next best receivers weren't anything special. It was like Brandon Tate and someone else. I don't even remember. But I mean, th- that's the problem. I think that you're seeing right now is the teams that have gone all in." Mm have all suffered devastating injuries. Like, okay, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown work. If Derrick Henry's healthy. Yeah, but, now that that's your, yeah. but now that that's your only option is to throw the ball and your quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, you're pretty screwed. I think they're in a lot of trouble. They were my team with Derrick Henry in a lot. They were my team to go to the Super Bowl. I can't say they're going to the Super Bowl now. I, I can't trust it. And we saw what happened this week. If they can't run the ball... They're having problems, even though they were in the game all 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 week. They've been very good amidst that, but yeah, will it win the playoffs? Another question. I don't think it will. Right, but they played a Saints team that had yeah. Trevor Simeon as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. 
You're absolutely right, and I think it's going to be a big problem as the season progresses. They, they have a great record right now, but a lot of that record had a lot to do with their running wait, game and their running game that doesn't exist anymore. Wait, so. wait till the Titans start playing teams with competent quarterbacks because no offense to the Saints or their fans, Trevor Simeon ain't it. <laughs> now, again, luckily they've played a lot of those already, but again, it would matter for the playoffs is another question because they they're done with the NFC West already. They're, they're done with the Buffalo Bills. They beat already beat the Bills. Uh, I forget who they play in the so in this. Oh, they play the Steelers, so they could probably beat the Steelers. So a lot of you know who's been very quiet in this whole segment. Uh, Tyler, aka Mothball Harrison. Yeah, he hasn't chimed in I mean, since Baker. I mean, once Baker was brought up, he was he was silent. He was lost in translation. What were you doing I'm over there? Trying to orchestrate a ripoff right now. A ripoff for what? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal what? What are you talking about? I'm trying to get Bradley Beal on my fantasy team. You're trying to get him on your fantasy team? Yes. Yes. So, uh, as we've and, been uh, talking you know, about... You guys were killing the segment, so I figured, you know... Killing the segment? What was wrong with the segment? No, I meant in a good way. Like, yeah, so yeah. what So what yeah. are your what was thoughts? the weapon of choice? <laughs> yeah, what was your thoughts to what, obviously, uh, Jeff was new, saying? I mean, I think everything you guys said is pretty much right. The only thing I would say is... Tampa Bay is going to get right. Now, are they going to repeat that? That can't, can't get it right if they can't get healthy. Well, right. But, I mean, unfortunately, health's kind of that unspoken factor of winning Super Bowls. And I think they, they will I don't get think healthy. That, but I, don't I think, think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. I don't think that's a stretch. I don't know. I don't think they I don't think they are because I don't think they're getting healthy. They've played too much football. They played longer than any other team last year. Yeah. Right? right. And now they're going to play uh, so, the longest season this year. And the longest playoffs because they're not getting a bye. They might. No, they're not getting a bye. They're not going to. They're not going to. Green get, Bay. Get it's jump green, ahead of, yeah, it's Green Bay, and then whoever comes out of the West probably. And the Cardinals, too. right? Yeah. See, the Cardinals, Rams, or Green Bay is probably right. going to end up with a bye, so they're going to have a long playoff run, just like they did last year. Right? They're not getting healthy. Rams have they're had not. to head on them too if they, if that comes down. They're, yeah, they're not going to get healthy. There's just so much with this off. You know, the, the regular season, where, where the where how. How these teams could be set up for the playoffs, I think there's a lot of arguments well, this is where, where, would, where this a lot is, of these teams could be in the next there, couple right? of weeks. Before we all go home. Mm-hmm. As Jeff said, they have, what, eight more games to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a couple of cherries here. Obviously, they get the Giants on Monday night, but you need to win that. Beat down against the Bills. That's going to be a great football game. Then you get the Saints, two games against the Panthers and the Jets. Do we sit the Brady's, the Fournette's, the Evans's of the world against the Jets, the Falcons? No, we don't. Depends on where they are. They're but winning they're not... the division, even if they sit these games. But how far ahead do you think they're going to be, though? They, they, they are pretty far ahead. You have to factor in, I though. Think, I, think the, I think what Tyler is really kind of getting to is bringing up the age-old debate, right? Rest versus rust, because right. those guys are going to be out right now. Uh, Gronk is missing time. Godwin's missing time. Fournette's missing time. Like those guys are going to miss time. So by the time that you, they come back, you're going to sit them again. So then they're going to be out for four, five, six weeks in a row, and then you expect them to just bounce right back into playoff speed. I don't think that. Yeah, that's, and the other, I don't think that that's yeah, right. Yeah, you're mentioning like three games too. Like if they rest, I'm not saying everybody all at once, but let's say they rest. You let's have, say Evans one game. Fournette this is the last three set. games of their season: okay. Carolina, Jets, Carolina. I, I don't remember. Which well, they wouldn't play the Jets twice. It'd be Carolina twice. The other no, problem with that, that strategy no, is that, some, someone saying, has to play the football. They get the home and the way. 
So even if you go Carolina, New York home, wouldn't you say that Jet game is a buy? No disrespect to the Jets, so please don't take it that way. I don't but, care. But would you Not really? really, because you don't know what the Jets are going to try to do to hurt the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving forward. And let's forward. be honest, you don't think there's a couple of Jets on that team that want to take a shot at Tom Brady? Oh, sure. So why would you play Tom Brady against the Jets? Why would you even try? You're going to try to win the game. Because right? someone has to play that football yeah. game, too. You don't You don't have 200 guys on a football team where you can just say, oh, we're well, playing no, all there's, of them. The offensive line's got to start. I would start the secondary because they were banged up all year. But And Devin White because he's young. But Levante David, if he's ready, I'd sit him and get him, try to get him as healthy as possible. I'm trying to I mean, I get it, but Gronk, sitting guys sit. one week doesn't, doesn't make up for a whole season worth of, of hitting, though. It doesn't. No, I, I get that. But if you give him one week as a bye, he takes the team travel, and then he practices, he's not as rusty. He's not going to be as beat up. And then for the playoffs, if you know you're not going to get that bye, he's got a little bit more longevity well, on sure, his Well, sure. That's, that's what you have to figure out at that point. Are you going to be a – I don't think they're going to care if they're a two-seed or a three or a three-seed versus a four or something Yeah, you're like going to get a playoff that's, game and then that's go That's understandable. The right. I, I, I agree with you in that case. It's just you might not know that at that point. And also, it's three games. Can you plan that that Well, both often? games against Carolina, you're competing to win the game because you're either going to try to take the division from them or stop them from right. winning the division, uh-huh. regardless how that breaks down. So you're going to try for those two games. My thinking is, the Jets a lollipop. The Jet game is an easy game. Okay. so Even if you lose to the Jets... By far, the two most important games are those two Carolina games at the end of the year. Here's the other well, thing. Well, now that they have Cam Newton, even though I, I don't think Cam Newton's what they think he oh, is. Cam, Cam looked good. He looked good in one game. Let's When teams figure him out now that they have all game. him out? He's Cam no, Newton, no. whether he's in Carolina. Not in that offense. Not in that offense. It's a different offense. Now he's playing in it. Now they have a whole, Cam Newton whole second half Rule's they can career. watch. They, they, yeah, they have a whole second half to watch Cam Newton play in the fourth quarter. I'm telling you right now, teams are going to figure him out. Once they do and make Cam Newton do things that he's not good at in an offense that he's not really known you to act play like he's in. He's not an MVP. I, I, he's not the same player once seven years ago, six That's, years ago. I mean, he's, the other problem with that strategy is they're also going to be fighting for, you know, uh, home field for at least yeah. two weeks, right? Like they'll, they'll get, the, you know, Tampa's probably going to get one home game to start the thing, but then you don't want to just go right in on the road. So they're going to want to play those games and win those games anyway. Right. They, the the two versus three. Yeah, the two they're versus three, right the, they might d- differentiate with, depending on where it ends up being with, with Green Bay and Arizona or, or the Rams, whoever ends up being there, and, and Dallas, too, if they if they stay this hot. I mean, they might not either. I but it, it depends. But, yeah, two versus three could be a difference, though, and an incentive for that. And also depend on where these other teams are. Because, I, obviously, I don't think the Saints or the Panthers are going to catch them. But if they stay, if they hang tough, they're gonna, it's going to force them to still play those starters at least for a little bit. And that's the dilemma you have in terms of deciphering these matches. Because remember, the Panthers, even though they lost both games, they played them close last year. And that was with a lot of injuries, too. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. And I, I, I think... In the next two or three weeks, we're going to really know how the NFC is going to really be wounded up and, um, you know, set up for the playoffs. And, and really, the AFC, I think we're going to – AFC, we're not going to know until the end of the year. Yeah. You're breaking happen. a lot of five and fours in the AFC North and West. <laughs> I don't think we will know who's going to make the playoffs until the last week of the AFC. I think a lot of things could fall into certain teams' fit places, and teams could sneak in, and then it'll go all the way to the Super Bowl. I could see that happening. It's – this is how football is. I think that AFC is easier to predict than the NFC. Uh, 
No, I don't think so. In terms of what? Right. In terms of the what? Buffalo Bills are coming out of the AFC. I wouldn't say that nope. either. No, they, nope. they're the most complete team. There's not another team in the AFC that's top three. Ravens, the Ravens when the Ravens are good. The Ravens, Patriots. Are, the Patriots no, are the good. Are not, the Ravens can't stop the air. Kansas City will be over there. Los Angeles will be over there. I mean. The Ravens are still talented, though, in the deficiencies they have, so you can't rule that out of it. Just because they lost Marcus Peters for Josh the year, Allen had trouble in, with Josh Allen in plays. nine games this year put up three duds. Now, how do we Lamar know Lamar Jackson's put up three duds? Uh, yeah, but Lamar Jackson's defense took over the game when he put up those duds. Josh Allen's defense didn't put up uh, didn't put up the game when we threw up those duds. Oh. They lost they to all... the Jaguars 9-6. to six. Yes. That defense is the only reason they were in that game, right? Well, who outplayed that defense? The Jaguars have talent. The Steelers mopped them up week one. Because of a muffed punt. So with that taken out, the Bills win that game. Which, by the way, you're still throwing up duds on offense, by the way. Mm -hmm. Because it's a dud in Jacksonville, and now it's a dud in Pittsburgh. Well, no, but my point is, to Errol, he said the Ravens' defense carried him. The Bills' defense is the best in football. So if you're going to rely on a defense, I'm taking the best defense in football. Dude, you could go back and try to argue your points. Honestly... People, they oh, laid off duds. It's a fact. I haven't seen the Patriots throw up a dud yet. They may have lost more football games, but they were competitive against Tampa. They were competitive against Dallas. They were competitive I, against... Oh, oh, I, I've never bashed New England. The Patriots could be the scariest sleeper in the playoffs in the whole NFL. The only thing I would hold oh, against the Patriots... Oh, it's kissy time. No, it's not. What do you said mean? the only thing he's holding against the Patriots. The only thing I'm holding against I'm the Patriots. About. Mac Jones is a rookie. It's very hard for a rookie quarterback in the playoffs to... Have not success. if you have a good running game. You have a good front seven that okay, can start. Okay, Damian Harris is hot and cold every week. Yeah, well, it, that's actually diff- he didn't play last week because he was out with concussion. So when you're saying hot and cold, he's either hot or not playing. Yeah, it was Ramondre Stevenson. If you have a hot running yards. game and you can play defense, you can get to the quarterback. No, he, you can win. he had a couple duds. You can win the game. Two. That's the and, only reason why and, they'll win. And they're and they're about to get healthy because while everyone's focusing on. Uh, oh, Nick Chubb didn't play. Kareem Hunt didn't play. Yeah, they would have won. Anyway. Smith did. John Smith didn't play. Damian Harris didn't play. There was a bunch of Patriots that didn't play, right? So the Patriots are getting healthy as well. And yeah, that, that the injuries don't make up forty-five to seven. They didn't lose no, close. Mean, they lost. I said the they Patriots were, were going to win that game. The, mean, meanwhile, they all Hunter Henry to win that game. Meanwhile, all Hunter Henry does is catch touchdowns. Literally. Yeah. He's not kidding. He'll have three catches and one touchdown every week. Mm-hmm. Ah, so he it's had, the great Mike Evans five, stat line of two five. catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I think he had five catches this week. Two of them were tuds. Mm-hmm. That, that first one was nice, too. I think he's got seven touchdowns in his last five games. Yep, he's been uh, Mac Jones' favorite player to pass, too. And wait till John Smith gets back. Mm-hmm. It's going to be even crazier. No, and I get crazy. it. He's not throwing the ball down the field a ton, but that was an absolute dime he dropped to Kendrick Bourne for the touchdown. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Into double coverage. So, listen, I have my reservations about Mac, too, and the fact that he's a rookie, but there are five rookie quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round that are all starting now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's been five games in which those rookies have a passer rating of 100 or better. Mm-hmm. They all belong to Mac Jones. Well, that, that's great and and good. Maybe maybe the Patriots got it right. I I thought he was one of my guys and my top list. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Jeff, thank I you like for joining us. What I said? Thank you for joining us. Well, we'll get you tomorrow, yes. man. Yes, go Patriots. <laughs>
Jeff from Tampa, guys. I like the Patriots. I think the Patriots could make some noise. I'm well, we'll get them on tomorrow because we're going to make just, up picks. No, I, just, I, I don't want anyone to think oh, I'm bashing the Patriots. I didn't bash <laughs> No, Errol thought you were going to praise them. <laughs> you, you sound like you're going to praise them. Because, honestly, the weakest part of their team is the fact that you don't really have anyone that can stretch the The feet. weakest part of your team is the fact that you have a rookie quarterback, and I think when the pressure comes to him and he plays teams that could get at him, he will have problems I'll throwing the fight. ball. So, and if they can't run the ball, which the Patriots have, when they do run the ball, they run the ball well. If they if they don't run the ball, they're going to have problems offensively. And this Stevenson kid that Belichick found out of nowhere, he's going to be a problem. He is James White 2.0. He's a different type of running back than James White. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a pretty complete running back. No, Thank he, you, Carl, by the way. He, no, he definitely looked good in that game, but I'm, I'm saying James he's White is good all year. Well, he's only played limitedly, but yeah. That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back tomorrow. That's it. Tomorrow, we will do our picks. Yeah, that's it. It's 12 o'clock. You never leave at 12 o'clock. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, tomorrow is going to be a long show, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. We got the games, we got the picks, and uh, we'll have a lot more football to talk about tomorrow. Uh, what did he do? No one. Uh, no one to stretch the field. Did you miss Bourne's 75-yard touchdown catch against the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, almost won them the game. If they didn't Who did he say nobody six, has to stretch the, the field? Six, Who said yeah. that? I said they yeah. can't stretch the field. Yeah. Because, typically speaking, they haven't opened up the play, uh, the Belichick playbook for Mac Jones yet. Yeah, they've I think the only problem they're going to have in the playoffs is the fact that they're going to have to trust that this rookie is going to make the throws and make the plays against a good defense that's going to get out. He's that's done it. that already. No. I, I don't even playoffs, fear that. I just different. fear the yards. Playoffs is different. It's different but in the playoffs. he's played really good teams That's already. fine, but you're not doing it in the playoffs where the pressure is on you. That if you lose, you go home. Well, you got a cold. What? Why do you sound like you have a cold? I'm also? congested. That's what it is. Uh... I'm always congested, especially at this time. Anyways, uh, we will be back tomorrow. We'll get into, obviously, all of football. Can Tyler stretch at all? Um, Tyler, could you stretch at all? Could you stretch? I heard a crack. But <laughs> Me too. I never stretch. He does that all the time. You know, how about you grab your ass and see if you could grab your uh, your, your melon. Is dog here? Yeah. No, my dog is not here. Oh, well, then no, grab I'm your not melon. grabbing my ass. Grab your melon. That's... Not the melon I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> Speedy, you know what melon I'm talking about? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> Would it's... you grab his melon? I'm not grabbing his melon. I'll pay you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he, he's even willing to pay you grab his melon. I think this is a good sign. Oh, yay. Oh, yay, what? You really want to walk home. <laughs> Touch your toes, Tyler, Carl says. <laughs> he touched his toes. <laughs> you guys are too much. Anyways, uh, Speedy don't grabs. Speedy dogs grab melons. That's tough to do with uh, with paws, but okay. <laughs> you can't see his toes. Tyler can't see his toes. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue just now. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is this is going to be interesting. Anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned. Shout out to uh, NHL.com's Deputy Managing Editor, Adam Kimmel's, Kimmelman, for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And, and obviously, Jets Insider Editor, he was great. Writer, Chris Nimbly, he was really good, too. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned. We'll do our picks. Got a lot of sports to talk about. Shout out to the fam. Shout out to uh, the uh, receded hairline of Tyler Harrison. Uh, maybe we'll get a wig for you tomorrow to wear. What do you think? Maybe we'll get a muzzle for you. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night. <laughs> it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.